All right. So uh, what a what a crazy week and set of weeks. We don't have Craig, uh, but we have got Steve. And so we're going to... Nothing is lost. Yeah, not really. I mean, you know. <laughs> you got the most important element. That's me. So that, That's... Ah, oh, come on now. Come on now. Show. You invite talent on your shows. You don't sit there and, and give, you know, you gotta, you gotta basically got to fillet my ego. Come on. Ah, oh, dude, you're a co-host. I don't need to inflate your ego. It's like you're, yeah, the, you, the, you show's, the show is like I, not the show without you, man. Come on. You know that. I, I know. See, there you go. That That's positive. That's positive. Right? right. Because because engineers are very fragile egos. We're very sensitive individuals. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. We tell everybody else to go fuck our fuck off, but we can't tell ourselves to fuck off because that would just be heresy. Hmm. Fair. Fair. <sighs> well, I don't know if it's the best segue or anything, but I mean, we were talking about the economy right before we got on, and I mean, well, I, I guess were. you could say that there there is a segue. I mean, there are people that are being fellated by the current situation, so I guess there's uh, that. There are. It's so. So the economy. You know, a few weeks ago, that was probably the last time I was on, and. We talked about it then, and it was very interesting because I was sitting there like the the I, I said that the market shot up. It had no basis to shoot up whatsoever, uh, and that the nothing in the economy had improved. There was no demonstrable basis to improve. It was solely based off of I think it was Dollar Tree showed positive projections, like the lowest of the low budget places, which is consumer defensive, and it's very normal in a recession for that to actually have expected increases in growth. People still need stuff. Oh, of course. Right? But they can't, you know... So so consumer luxury goes down, consumer defensive goes up. That'd be your Aldi's, your Kroger, your discount grocers, your, your discount wares, all that stuff. And that was the only reason it was up, and it was up for like five days, and I was like, what the hell? And I went inverse on the whole entire thing, I'd lost like a little bit of money, but it wasn't much, like 20, 20 to 40 bucks. I was trading up and down, slowly rising. And then uh, then we got the, the actual inflation numbers, and it was worse than ever ever before. Uh, and then on top of that, the Fed came out and t- basically uh, had to raise interest rates by 0.75. So because the, the inflation numbers it's, came it's out. It's only 75 basic point, basis points. Yeah, that's all. it's only 0.75%. So that crashed everything. I made a ton of money. Right. And then I sat there and I flipped to uh, I was watching it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be out. I pulled everything out before the Fed meeting and I'm like, I'm going to watch this. I think it's going to go up. I I can't remember what it was that like made me believe it was. And when the Fed meeting happened, all of a sudden it it did. It went up. Everything was green. I went from. So for folks who who are interested in my portfolio, I started at 20. Well, I started at thirty three sixty, fell to twenty eight hundred, just like everybody else's. Then I started actively trading. I traded from 2800 all the way to 3200 and I basically couldn't make any gains from there, and that's where we were there. And then at 3200 I went straight from 3200 to 3900 last week. Then, all of a sudden, I was like, wow, that's great. Held too long. Greed is bad for you. I just wanted to get that extra 100 bucks to have a nice round four. That was stupid. Had I closed out of all my positions, I'd be doing great. Uh, and then all of a sudden, everything uh, went back down. Then I made closed out most of my positions because I finally had a couple days where it was up, uh, and then uh, and that that was positive positions, and I went into negative positions on the market because again, there isn't really any good economic data, and God knows for whatever fucking reason the market has risen for the last week, basically nonstop, 
to a stupidly high level that isn't justified by any economic data what whatsoever. It's like well, when basically you have a money printer and you turn it on. I mean, well, that seems to be what it is. It's like the Fed chairman gives a lecture and therefore, or, or speaks before Congress, and therefore everybody feels much more confident about the state of the economy. I'm I'm sorry, but like I just bought today. I bought a bully stick for my dog, a soda. Right, and this is all at Ocean State Job Lot, which is I, I'm sure most people don't know what it is. It's basically a discount like uh, bulk lots re reseller. Uh, they're very popular in the Northeast. But a, a soda, a bully stick for the dog, and then two paintbrushes, and it was twenty fucking dollars. Like, Yowzers. yeah, Yowzers is right. So so like nothing has been fixed. Everything is expensive. Uh, and, and the question is why, and a lot of a lot of the reason that we have for this has been basically the libertarians' prophecy come true the last few weeks, uh, last few months, and that is that the Fed, since 2008, has been printing money. The entirety of the economy has only existed because the Fed printed money. The whole reason that the wealthiest or the wealthy are like their their actual wealth is increasing and everybody else's isn't is because the Fed is printing money, right? They can take loans out at no cost, put it into whatever investments they want, as much of it as they want, with whatever low return rates they have, and basically run Ponzi schemes. That's like why BlackRock has been, for instance. No, it's actually not BlackRock. No, BlackRock it's, it's has... not actually, but there is money there, but that's not like the key issue. No, no, it's more like tech stocks. Like, has, if oh, anybody's yeah. been wondering why uh, the tech stocks, why big tech has grown to the powerhouse that it has, in, in like no time at all, right? In 10 years, they've basically started turning around and dictating policy and economics and the whole bit. Why is that? Because people took free money from the Fed back in 2008, put it into tech stocks, put ownership into that, bought political causes, and then... None of it turned a profit. That's why Twitter is able to run the way they are, because they're able to get they they're able to take largely free money from the Fed and use it to pay their employees. That's how you have uh, this this communist thing. It's using other people's money. The reason the market is imploding is because all of that basically free money is getting yanked out because the Fed has to raise interest rates. Right. So as soon as the money costs something, which it didn't before, you go to your bank and you'll pay five percent. But these people were paying like a quarter of a percent or half a percent or one percent. You'll pay four or five for a house for a fixed asset. Everybody else is paying like nothing. It's OK to sit there and throw it at a, a non-profitable stock with the hope that you can take your money out or say pay one percent on a loan. If you throw a million dollars towards something and that gets you a million dollars of cultural advocacy for your point of view. And it only costs you $10,000 a year. That'd be 1% on your million, right? If it only costs you $10,000 for your million dollars worth of influence, that's a pretty good fucking profit margin, especially for a lot of these companies that are trying to sell these technologies that Craig and Evan and I have talked about that are basically non-viable. They're not profitable. But companies oh, yeah. like GE sell and make money on them. So GE will sit there and invest in companies that promote its agenda because they can sit there and take money from the federal government, from everybody else, and they'll use this social goodwill. These aren't profitable companies, but it's cheap. It's $10,000 to sit there and get a million dollars of influence. It's $100,000 to get a $10 million worth of influence. You want a billion dollars worth of influence? 
Well, a billion dollars worth of influence is going to cost you 10 million a year. That's nothing for the people who are sitting there and getting multi-billion dollar contracts, right? That's a rounding error in ExxonMobil's uh, energy stock portfolio. That's a rounding error for GE. That's a rounding error for most of these big companies. So that's that's why that's what's ended up happening is that that money has resulted in the, the upper echelon of society, the elites, if you will, having these constantly increasing wages because they can spend money on low, not necessarily very profitable things or things that run at a loss, but they can also basically buy things that you couldn't, companies, in infrastructure, whatever else have you, manage trade overseas, the kinds of Well, they can buy power. assets that aren't going to devalue, to put it sure. plainly. Sure. Meanwhile, you don't have access to any of that money. Your actual wages won't increase. You have basically, when we start talking about the disparity in income, that, which the left is key on, that is solely due to the response to the 2008 financial crisis, which continued under Trump. And that was a, I was pissed off about it then because the economy was doing well and they should have started to pull that stimulus out. Right? Now, the issue that you have there is that if they started doing it, it would look punitive. <laughs> because they kept it going for eight years under Obama. And if they started raising rates during an election period, it would look like they're they're openly attacking Trump. And Trump was already taking those kinds of slings and arrows. So having people actively attack the economy. But I don't think it would have worked. In this case today, we're dealing with that. That's what's happening. The reason the markets are crashing is all of those dollars cost more than they used to. So that million dollars of influence that used to cost you ten grand a year or million dollars in a company that used to cost you 10 grand a year now is going to cost you 20, 30, 40 grand a year. And that's a lot. That's all of a sudden a lot of money, especially when you start talking about these large portfolios of companies that should have died years ago, but for the intrinsic value that they have either for somebody's political whims or some uh, essentially allowing companies to milk money from government stimulus. Well, I'll have you programs. know, at this very moment, I have the uh, Solyndra HQ up on uh, the screen for everyone to uh, appreciate. Seems an appropriate visual. I'm, I'm, yeah, the, the, uh, because the that's company exactly, that took $780 like, that's, that's million. Dollars. It, it's such, it is absolutely emblematic of this. What happened it to is. Solyndra? We're watching it real time roll out across the U.S. and the world. Solyndra was a little bit of a unique case. So the entire the entire reason that Solyndra was in the market was, again, government subsidies. Mm -hmm. They got a huge loan from the DOE. It was cheap money. That's absolutely true. But the reason that they went under is because the prices of silicon crashed. So what ended up happening was Solyndra had cylinder solar collection tubes. And their process allowed you to use basically it, it provided a lensing effect mm -hmm. that's that's really what it did so instead of having to have um large panels right or or large amounts of silica and all of these other things which are needed to get your pv effect uh cylindra would have a very small photovoltaic cell but then a lens around it so that your panel which would be the same size in terms of overall space on the ground, but the amount of silica that you would need would be, be much, much smaller. When silica prices crashed, there was no reason to have 
these much more expensive to manufacture style cylinder solar cells with the lensing effect because you can just buy uh, you can just, just buy, buy a straight panel, panel for a yeah. fraction of the price. Right. So that's that's why cylinder collapsed technically. Um, is because the prices of silica collapsed, which allowed cylind which basically put cylindra as a very expensive and kind of stupid invention. Right? It has its utility. Oh because yeah, if, it, if you were in a place where there was a lack of silica and you needed to do this, or a low amount, then well maybe it's a maybe it's a viable option then. I mean, maybe on Mars, but not on Mars because right. there's actually plenty. Right. Well, but I mean, if you were, and plus you'd have to be manufacturing it, and and by the time you get out to Mars, like solar is going to be even less useful than it is on Earth. There is a uh, there is a bit of distance there. And I mean, to be the fair, inverse square law is a bitch. Be, uh, you'd probably just be better off if you're on Mars with like some kind of fusion reactor. Uh, it's, I, I think that, so I think I've seen it as solar in space around Earth is cost effective, um, if you could get it up there. So like if we if we were to, to yeah, turn have around to be, like, and manufacturing start, the shit on the moon or something. Yeah, if we were if we were talking about a moon based power array or a moon base with solar arrays, that would actually be very viable because oh, you could very you could uh, very power efficient too. No, uh, no atmosphere to get in the way. So, I mean, yeah, you, right. you put it on the, uh, I mean, th it, there isn't a bright side all the time, but most, well, there, there, almost there is, all the time, right? there is no so, way well, you so, got your eclipses. I mean to say, but I mean, there's almost no. always a bright side. Uh, well, I mean, if you, if you actually, yes, there are eclipses, but that's but basically for it. the, for the most part, as long as you, you could deploy the solar arrays into space. And you oh, could yeah, have yeah. them position. It, it costs like no energy to orient them appropriately, um, it, it, so it can track the sun. You can put them out there, so they. It doesn't matter whether you're on the dark side of the moon that day or the other or the light side if they're off to the horizon. And then you, all you have to do is get a microwave transmitter, and you can do a tight beam energy transfer through that with no attenuation in the atmosphere, and you basically be able to generate uh, constant power without any problems using a solar array in space. And it would actually be very economical. Like, it, it would be very, very cost-effective because yeah, kind, the amount of kind energy of in the you point of being surprisingly like, economical. Because it it would be. People wouldn't really... Un uh, it, it's really easy to kind of miss just how efficient systems like this are because we aren't using them, and as soon as they start to go into use anywhere, people are going to start being like, God damn, this is... Like this costs very little, and it works better than almost anything. But that's all for manufacturing that shit in space, too. Right. Right. An Earth-based launch is not very cost-effective. Nope. I think the only the only systems that we've done Earth-based launches for for that is some of the Lagrangian stuff. And the reason that we do it in the Lagrangian is it's just basically going to sit there doing science shit for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why uh, that's why Solyndra failed. Going back to the free money problem, but that's also what's going on with Bitcoin. If anybody's wondered, right? So we talked two years ago when Bitcoin first spiked, and Craig and I were sitting there going, "What the actual fuck? It should not be at 36. That's way too high for the actual coin itself. Maybe it should have spiked somewhere around 20 to 25, and then it should have held there." And then oh, collapsed, yeah. 
we were talking about it collapsing back to 12, which was one-third of its original value at the time that we were talking about it. These are uh, – this that's, that's realistically where it should be. Uh, and then today, I think – Right now, today, I think it should be more realistically Actually, closer to 20. I've got you right now. It's uh, as of recording. Uh, that's going to be 11 o'clock Eastern Standard, 25th of June, is uh, $21,334.62. It and be just somewhere for note, around 20. Ethereum is also uh, trading at 12.30 and 36 cents. And that's, that's, about, that's about the base level. This would be a good time to throw into it. Obviously, no financial advice, yada, yada, yada. Standard disclaimer bullshit. Yeah, but uh, that's that's where it should be, you know, two years out. But at the time, I was saying 12. I think Craig said it should go back to 6. Um, but that's where the price should have been, and it didn't. Why didn't it go there? Because all of a sudden you got institutional investors pumping money into Bitcoin. Why? Nothing fundamentally had changed about Bitcoin, right? The, there's, there's not many – there's not a lot of outlets to get your stuff from it. It hasn't, like, economically changed the world. There was very uh, – I think there's one small company or one small country that uses it as its primary currency, although I think Russia is now. Um, well, not primary. All but of, it's an accepted currency. Right. So so we've gone from – we went from this, hey, it has no intrinsic value to, hey, it's got a little bit of intrinsic value. Um, but fundamentally, like, nothing had changed. Why did it go from – 20,000, which should have been its peak, to uh, or maybe even 30,000 at its peak, but it shot all the way up to 70. Well, that's because a whole bunch of institutional investors took a shitload of money from the Fed at $0 cost and dumped it into Bitcoin, which elevated the price to about 30 to 40,000. Then a whole bunch of other people, having watched it go from $3,000, where it was in March of 2020, to forty thousand dollars because everybody was talking about the eleven thousand uh, percent gains or whatever you were getting from it um but it went from three thousand to about uh about forty thousand everybody else piled on and it drove it from 40 to 70. and then of course somewhere around 45 ish i think that's when musk said he was going to throw a billion dollars at it and that drove it up to i think 55 and then everybody else fomoed and and went straight to 70. Then it collapsed. Well, why is it collapsed from uh, 45, which is where it was trading earlier this year, where I bought in a, around 40-ish? Um, why, why did it go from 45 to zero? Well, that's because the Fed started rating it, raising interest rates. What happens when the Fed raises interest rates? Well, all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, you uh, your your zero interest rate, zero cost Bitcoin or minimal cost to you. Uh, maybe it surges by 100% and you get, you know, a shitload of money out of it loan from the Federal Reserve is now costing you money. And with Bitcoin not continuing to increase, as originally expected, all of these large megacorps that throw their money around started pulling out. That caused the price to start to tank. Then, of course, fear takes over and everybody panic sells and then it crashes down to where it is. So right now I expect it to probably trade between 15 and 21, and it will probably, probably, in six months hit 30 again and continue on its way up. But a lot of these people will be out for a while, and then we, sh we should start to see it decouple from stocks, because right now the same gains are happening in the equities market as they are in the crypto market. 
Yeah, let me see here. What's the total loss uh, as of this time? I mean, we're over a trillion dollars in market correction from cryptocurrency alone. Uh, from 2021, it's actually almost two trillion. Let me see if I can get an exact count there. <sighs> wow. Okay, more than two trillion, and it's oh wow, uh, just short of just 23 billion short of three trillion. As, really? Uh, at at peak, at peak, as of right now, it's just over two trillion. And all of that was Fed money. All of it was Fed money. Well, effectively. Well, almost all of it was Fed money. Yeah, the the majority for sure. The the bottom line is that you know libertarians have have been very excited to wait. For, I I've been calling for an economic collapse since two thousand nine, um, because. The Federal like again, we weren't doing anything to change the economy. The Federal Reserve set interest rates at basically zero, which gave the rich a shitload of money. But then Obama coupled it with a shitload of increased regulations because he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States, just like Biden is trying to do now, and it didn't work. Well, because Obama is doing all that. that but yeah. Well, it's failing to do, but whatever. Um, that it's the same. It's the same general premise, right? Like they they wanted to come in, they wanted to change everything, and uh, it turns out that those technologies are a lot for. This always happens too, man. It turn those technologies are a lot further away than people think. They're like I remember back in back in high school and college, it was a giant secret cabal of uh, of like oil companies that were keeping electric vehicles and batteries from developing as a technology. And well, it wasn't batteries, know, but they there was uh there was a concerted effort to uh nix electric vehicles. Um I don't think so. Well, I didn't know there was, uh, but it uh you know, it just kind of fell apart when somebody that wasn't in on the deal said I'm going to make electric vehicles. I mean, it was just kind of a uh, a bit of a gentleman's agreement between the big three, and then when somebody that wasn't in the big three did, they were just like, "Well, okay, fuck it." I mean, realistically, when you when you look at the early ages of cars, there were multiple fuel sources. Um, if anybody's interested, Amazon uh, always has the Top Gear guys, and they do their own specials. Oh yeah, the uh, fastest James car originally was an electric car, like back back in the day. Yep, James May did a show that highlighted all of these different cars and it actually he went through the different types of power uh generation that was available in cars and he actually was driving around and that included steam powered cars um you have Which your are insanely gas- dangerous and incredibly cool <laughs> yep then you had your battery powered cars and it's all these old timey cars that you're seeing driving around with this stuff the reason that that um fuel well, the reason that uh, the gasoline-powered cars won was because they're cheaper to manufacture. Their uh, their actual energy source was significantly cheaper at the time. Uh, transmitting electricity was was incredibly stupid and dangerous. And uh, yeah. Yeah. What do we got here? A. Uh... Well, I mean, it looks cool. A uh, model 1919 Detroit Electric's a neat-looking car. Yes, it is. But it, it really, like, it won out for technological reasons. 
a lot of people like to think it's a giant secret cabal, but it, it's more along the lines of. Well, they would. You know, it's well. A lot of that has to do too with the same kind of thing that happened with. Uh, oh, what's his fucking name? Um, the uh, Hurst, uh, William Randolph Hurst. He could have uh, switched over to this whole new technology for printing, but he'd have had to rework all his factories. And is like, nah, I don't fuck that. I'm not going to do all that. So, you know, why why build out this new technology and these new lines for stuff that. You know, at the time too, was significantly uh, less efficient in the long run because I mean, those early batteries were not good. I mean, modern batteries are still not good, right? We've talked about well, that before. by comparison, like a thousand fucking pounds. By comparison to a battery of that time, though, I mean, we are oh sure, day. sure, but but even still, yeah, a battery, you know. You can just put a Honda generator in the back of one of these things instead of like, a little, a little fucking like. It's, what? What's one of the like the tiny guys? They're like a half horsepower generator, and they put out more than enough power for a, what one of these cars would need to actually go, especially oh, yeah. one of these old cars. One of those old cars without, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, you, you, it, and then you know you'd be kind of a best of both worlds thing, but it is what it is, I suppose. Well, it, again, it, it, it's one of those problems that we discuss routinely. When it comes to energy, there is, uh, like, steady state operation. a better way of doing it, to put it simply. Right. You know, right. Uh, batteries, are, batteries are good and a necessary technology. I mean, you need a way to, to carry maybe not necessarily huge amounts of energy with you everywhere. And, I mean, to be fair, we really do need a way to carry huge amounts of energy with us everywhere, be well, it stored or created. Batteries batteries are really good in the event that you have uh, – you need energy, right, and you need it in remote locations. So you, you can consider this at the small scale, your, your electrically powered hand tools. Um, it is a massive pain in the ass. Even though you have outlets everywhere you go, it is a massive pain in the ass to go do any sort of work uh, using standard corded tools, though they are cheaper. Uh, batteries really truly give you a lot more flexibility and make a lot more a lot of home improvement stuff much more viable than traditional corded stuff it it, it really shaves off a ton of time and a ton of effort and a ton of energy well, there's just more you can do when you don't have wires to worry about period no matter That's, basically no matter what you're dealing with that is correct but at the same time um, you know, and obviously a gasoline-powered reciprocating saw would be a bit ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't mean that they're particularly useful for your TV, right? You're not picking up your TV and moving it all the time. So anything that... that no, you, uh, you carry one of those in your pocket. And it has a battery. Anything that is, is inherently mobile uh, and it doesn't require a lot of power, batteries are great for. Cell phones, uh, tools... When you start talking about trying to scale that technology to large energy consumption devices. Um, Basically, a car is, it's kind of at that line where it's, is it really the best use of this technology? When you hit a bike, you're still definitely within, you're totally oh, within yeah. the use case. You're absolutely, absolutely. there. But when you absolutely. get to a car, you're starting to ask questions that this might not be the right answer. 
Yeah, it, well, it, it, that's the size and scale of energy. That's the problem that you have. For small, like, batteries are heavy and they're awkward. So your mm-hmm. corded tool is significantly lighter. But it, it doesn't really matter for because the amount of energy that you need to store to go, say, uh, drive a screw in the wall uh, or drive a thousand screws in the wall is not is not particularly that much. Well, the weight difference uh, between that, uh, say, 20 foot of cord and that 48 volt battery is pretty negligible because it's uh, a no, it's actually it, well, no, 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 no. I, I mean that in the terms. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely is. But in the terms of you know, in the hand, it's negligible to a person. It, it, yes, it, that that's correct. In terms of, in I mean, terms it's of not what, negligible in raw numbers. I mean, there's going to be a huge difference, but it's a difference between a a three pound weight in your hand and a four pound weight in your hand. So it's kind of a the, eh. yeah, exactly. And that's that's not that's not a crisis because what you need the tool to do. And the the limitations of the supporting hardware yourself. Oh yeah, and the trade off uh, there. I mean, it's there's a huge, huge, huge value add in that. There, there, there really is. There really is. But again, you know, you start talking about cars. Uh, cars are a perfect use case for batteries. However, they uh, they also don't like the, the amount of energy they require is massive, and so yeah. you start running into that that problem there. Well, I mean, that's why a car, if every car on the road today, unless it's like a race car or something, has got a battery, because yep. it's it's kind of a necessary part of the equation. I mean, the well, computers it, that both of us for, are talking on, aside from the power supply that's in there, there's a battery in there. We uh, we we turn around. The reason that we have batteries in cars is because uh, they are very good for operating one thing which is your starter. And that's what you need. So so the rest of the energy is handled by standard fuel, but uh you know, getting that fuel started is a massive pain in the ass. It used to be what is it? Wasn't there some guy who died using the traditional crank starters? I, like, actually I think there were quite a few, but I mean I don't know if there anyone recently, but yeah, there's a lot of people that got hurt on those things. Yeah. So so like it, it's a very it's a very useful technology to sit there and have a little small electric motor and a small battery and then everything is taken over within a few seconds by uh by sitting there and running gasoline through the car but anybody anybody who's had a car not immediately start not because the battery is dead but because it's just not immediately starting realizes how little energy is actually there right so if you have a spark issue you will burn through that battery very very quickly like oh yeah you get if you've tried to uh start your car and it doesn't start after a good couple cycles you'll notice it starts going from pretty so so like we have we have a small battery that provides buffer ability but it is not uh it is not an energy source in any realistic sense no no, actually, and just to make a quick note on that, there was a fellow that I follow on YouTube. I want to say it might have been AVE that did it. Uh, Arduino versus Evil, if you're familiar. Uh, good channel. You should check it out if you haven't. You and I have not. anybody that's uh, listening to Great channel. Uh, cool dude. Uh, good discourse. Uh, very freedom-minded uh, fellow stuck in the uh, wild, angry north of Kanukistan. Anyway, he... Um, he replaced his battery with a supercapacitor, uh, one of the larger ones, like one of the mm. supercapacitor banks, but he had zero issues with it. It was uh, completely adequate. Now, you can't leave your car longer than overnight because 
these things drain really fast. But yep. for the for the purpose, it's fine. And you know, I've from... always I've always kind of thought that that if we were to talk about an energy storage technology, capacitors is the better way to go. Oh yeah, I mean the, right? the biggest problem with capacitors is they they aren't a long term storage medium. They just aren't. They leak. Well, it, it, yeah. It, so the, so right the problem that you have words, is they but, they know. leak power very easily. Right, they they give off power. To, they they produce an uh, an EM field, and the production of the EM field always bleeds off power. But for anything, uh, for anything major, it's actually a a pretty useful. Like they are they are infinitely better in a lot of ways because you can pretty much instantly charge them yeah. uh, with and discharge like, almost as quickly too in most cases. Y- you can. Yep. Yep. So you can you can either they can either operate like a battery for that that buffer capacity if it's if it's small, uh, but you can also do very quick charges and discharges. The uh, the downside is long term storage. Uh, they tend to be more expensive in terms of unit of energy held, and um, and uh, on top of that, their uh, the, the technology is just not very advanced. Now, if we switched over to that, uh, if, if Tesla was advocating for that, that, that would be something that I'd be very impressed with because that would actually solve a lot of the battery storage problems. Oh, it was uh, Laser Saber, by the way, not AVE. Also, Laser in, in... Saber. Hmm. Yeah, of course. I'll put a link to it. Uh, I'll drop it in the staff chat, and I'll put it below for anybody else who wants to watch the video. But, uh, yeah, I remember him doing it because he actually did it in a place like Canada where it gets cold and nasty. And it was able to hold enough power to start up in the morning after, like, I want to say... Well, capacitors don't have the... Night? Capacitors don't have the temperature dependence problem that batteries do. Also a valid point. So because the... uh, uh, it all well, I mean it all depends right so most chemical batteries lithium batteries <laughs> lithium batteries are less susceptible to cold uh, and actually more susceptible to heat indeed they are uh, dangerously so even yes uh, but but your like your chemical batteries your lead acid batteries those kinds of things it's because uh, the solution can only hold so much well, it can in, also within only it. react so fast. <clears throat> right, so it's a it's a saturated solution, and if you run it through the cold, the uh, the material that is suspended there, the electrolyte, uh, actually falls out and precipitates out of solution, because your solution can only hold so much material within the actual liquid as a as a function of chemistry. Hmm. Right. Right, and I mean, and again, yeah, it it only will react so fast. There's just nothing else you can do unless you use different acids and different metals. Indeed, <clears throat> well, and different electrolyte, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, for <clears throat> chemical batteries, you'll you'll always run into that problem with chemical batteries. There's no way, no way out of it. No, just a, yeah, just a nature of the beast. That said, uh, that's why we need to be making smaller and smaller reactors. That's true. But, Nuclear uh, always wins. Well, I mean, and again, you you start talking about what Westinghouse is looking at for their designs. Their designs have the ability to cycle something like plus or minus eighty percent of their total load capacity 
in with a five five minute response time, that's that's pretty great. You would need very very little buffer uh, in in your power in order to to run a system off of those types of reactors with that kind of response. Yeah, they're um, what is it? Their newest deal, the Evinci micro reactor out of Westinghouse. Let me see. How yeah. Let me see if we got a scale on this thing. Oh, okay. Conex container. Yeah, there you go. yeah. I talked about that a little while ago. That's that's absolutely amazing. And that Conex connect uh, that Conex container is that uh, puts out twice as much as a, a current modern mega wind farm turbine thing, without any of the recycling issues or. Uh, and you want to talk about being able to drop it anywhere? There you go. Yeah. It, that it, it, I'm sure it, I, I'd have like obviously they're not releasing their cost. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure that the uh, first one of those is not going to be cheap. But at the same time, it is still you know, it is still sitting there and producing uh, five megawatts of power in a Connex box. It's clearly designed for rapid deployment, but that would be oh. the kind of thing. Oh, maybe yeah, even the like... government would let the army have a reactor again. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just looking over some of the stuff here, they're, um, I mean, as a Connex box, I mean, that's a that's going to be probably in the area of setup time as uh, some of your on-site reactors are going to be, I would imagine. Oh, no. Maybe, uh, maybe for... a little more because I, they're probably going to want to put in some shielding and some... I, I am willing to knows. bet you... That if you... Because uh, that, that's all, all contained within the Connex box. Yeah, you're probably right. Because right. five megawatts, five megawatts of power is not particularly large, and it doesn't require a lot of material to shield. So if if you have if you have a fission reactor, you have to you have your your high density materials or high uh, high Z materials, your low Z materials, and um, I would be willing to bet you that you're dealing with a some sort of impregnated polymer that would make uh, sense. is going to be on the internals of that thing, and then on the externals, you're going to have some lead lead shielding around it, and it'll probably arrive on site in that Connex box. Right? Oh, the, yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, you're probably just going to open the thing up where it needs to be opened up and just start plugging stuff in. Right. It, it's like these... We start talking about size and scale again. A ten thousand, um, a ten thousand kilowatt reactor is less than the size of a uh, like a, a riding lawnmower. So, uh, if you want to sit there and start talking about scaling that up to a Connex box, um, well, actually, that's, that's not uh, terribly difficult. I've got to just pause the video actually on the thing itself, like the actual reactor core. And it is not big. I mean, the reactor core itself looks like it's about the size of a, uh, of one of the lar- one of like a one professional still. Probably. Like just looking at the uh, the Westinghouse unit itself here. I yep, mean, it is it, it, not a big big unit at all. And then you no, got to figure the aren't. rest is going to be, you know, your cooling, your, uh, you know, getting everything around, all your electronics, right. everything else needed to run the thing, and obviously plenty of shielding. And don't forget, right, when we start talking about shielding, you only need to shield, realistically, you only need to shield the sides. 
because there's nothing below you and there's nothing above you. So when we start talking shielding, it's yeah, not looking at you the uh, you looking at the Connex box. It's about a third of it. Uh, the shielding? No, the uh, the reactor core itself. Yeah, that's probably about right. <clears throat> and it looks like that's with the shielding too, because uh, the reactor core itself it is, is inside of a uh, uh, kind of a cylindrical unit, kind of like uh, like a gas truck yep. trailer is in shape. So, so again, the the ten the ten ten thousand kilowatt reactor that I saw, and this is five megawatts, right? So, it's technically bigger. That was designed to be a test reactor, and those kinds of test reactors that used to be off the shelf by GE made them. Well, apparently, this um, is a, designed to go up to a thirteen megawatt reactor as well. A thirteen megawatt? Wow! In the same kind that's, of scale. That's, that's new. I mean, that's that is legitimately new. impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, if they, they can get them up to 13 megawatts, you'll see fields of those things. But, like, that's the kind of thing that you could, like, you know, what you want to start talking about a reliable grid and cutting down on uh, a lot of these... Yeah, I mean, fuck batteries. Drop in mini power generators. Well, yeah, you start talking about your farms and your farm equipment, you could start start taking down yeah, a lot of the electrical infrastructure in, that we uh, have. Well, I mean, you could start doing a le- legitimately, reasonably doing electrical farm equipment. You you could do electrical farm equipment, or you could do carbon capture farm equipment. Also, yes, right? Because, because it, I believe because carbon in a lot capture. Of those, the thing about carbon capture is it's kind of a um, a bit of a red herring. In the cases that it's useful, it legitimately is useful, but more often than not, it's just kind of a sloganism, you know. Jingoism, corporate uh, jingoism, maybe. CCS is, but there are some technologies out there. Oh, there are. Which like, are, basically, when you're um, using that uh, that carbon for something, that's right. that's when it's useful. Like if you're in uh, like paper making or uh, something like that, you know, then you know you're going to need carbon. Or if you're in uh, you know, dye work or something like that, you know, you'll have you're going to have a use for carbon. So why not? Well, it's also useful. Uh, there's uh, there's a couple processes that will allow you to pull it out and turn it into fuel. Those are pretty useful processes. Um, but and I think the cost estimates are roughly roughly the same price as standard gas and diesel. A little bit more than that. But ultimately, we could probably be in a position with these kinds of reactors where we could go to rural industrial rural areas like farms. And we could take drop a 13 megawatt reactor, and your farm could uh, either make the fuel that it needs to run the vehicles, uh, all of your your farming stuff throughout the year, and a CCS plant. Um, well, not, not CCS, but carbon capture plant, uh, and and literally synthesize all the fuel that you need directly out of the atmosphere. And it would be, you know, not aiming necessarily for net zero. That's not the goal here. Uh, but the goal would be to be completely self-sustaining without being tied into a grid, which would actually cut down on grid maintenance costs, right? Um, yeah, you could have your power. Ge- you could have your major power generators near your major population centers, and it's going to be fine. Right. Or small towns, like the small town, could have their little micro reactor that sits up by the town water tower and provides power to the town. And instead of having these long relays 
between towns and cities. And all uh, the losses that are incurred from doing so. Yep. Because we are burning electricity in raw heat in those lines that run everywhere you see. It's just, we're just, we're just heating shit up for no fucking reason because it's our only way to do it. I mean, like, you're probably, if you're talking 13 megawatts, you're not running somebody's <coughs> house off that. Um, that is, uh, what is it, 10,000 kilowatts, or I think it's like 5,000 kilowatts a house, or 8,000 kilowatts a house. So, well, you know, in that's actually the kind of case where you see a really good use for solar to supplement that, because then you've got all your power at night, and then during the day when you've got a little bit more need, you can have a little bit more power. It could be. Uh, it could be. The, the the problem, again, that you run into is uh, land costs and all the other stuff associated with that power generation system. And if you have a nuclear reactor that can cycle up and down... Yeah, I mean, why I not just install can, another you know, module? Why not unit? just do that? Yeah. Right? You'll need a buffer, but you could do that with a flywheel. Sure enough. And that's something we haven't actually talked about, because there are some power storage methods that are a little unconventional, but quite effective. Like um, There are indeed. Like, for instance, what you just mentioned. That's actually, I think there's a few cities that actually have implemented flywheels as uh, power plants. Uh, there's, there's actually a few power plants that do it, too. Okay, cool. Because it, uh, uh, it allows you to... It doesn't necessarily um, cover all of your switching costs, but if you have to go from a high-load period to a low-load period... Um, you can spin up the flywheel as you transition downwards, right? So you're not losing some of that energy. And then if all of a sudden they need a micro surge, which the the power grid is an amazing thing, it um, it sits there and spins up and spins down as uh, it like instantaneously, microsecond response time type thing. Uh, it, it is it, it and you'll actually if you go to I think like Grand Coulee Dam or some of these other dams. And you get a tour, they'll take you through, and you'll actually, like, you'll you'll hear the the turbines. The turbines don't stop spinning, uh, at, at, throughout the process, but they do. You you hear them spin up and spin down, and like there's there's different pulses of water that you can see on the exterior of the dam, and that's because there's a sudden power call or a grid drop, and they spin up for that, and then they spin down for that. So it's these constant buying and selling units for the grid. Um, but flywheels can cover a lot of that stuff. Sure enough. Just as a by-the-by, too, on uh, the current technology with uh, Westinghouse, they also have a small modular reactor, which is currently available, and uh, <clears throat> takes about 15 acres of land, and they they come in at a bottom end of 225 megawatts. So, Yep. It's an incredibly I, I, I would efficient... love to see them release their. So this is the, the problem that you have is this is going to fall into like the uh, the AP AP one thousand type stuff where I'm not seeing any cost estimates because nobody's built them yet, right? Mm, they have a design, true. but ultimately the uh, as we learned with the AP one thousands, which it, there's two of them that we have right now that were originally four slated to be built. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of changes that happen as you try to go build this stuff. Oh yeah, well that's a lot. Of, that's that's something that gets a lost a lot of times in a lot of fields. When you yep. go from this thing you've engineered that works on paper and works even in even in your tests and even a laboratory 
the real world is just going to be different. Well, it, uh, I think, you know, it, they lost a lot of time on concrete pours with the AP-1000s, and then you'd have, uh, like, they'd have drill locations and stuff like that. So nuclear reactors have much tighter tolerances than what most construction companies are used to working with. Um, we're talking, like, uh, I think it's, like, fractions of an inch. Mm. Whereas uh, you might you might turn around and have, if I build a house... And I'm off by a quarter inch here or there. It's not a big deal. But if I'm off, you know, by a quarter inch here and there in a reactor, like the fuel rods won't fit, the reactor geometry's off, and the whole thing will fuck up. Right. So it, you have that's the problem that you had with a lot of these newer reactors is they, they the first one that went out uh, cost a lot more money because contractors had a harder time building to the spec. Now that. That actually does make sense, though, when you consider the level of precision required for things like this and the level of, uh, what should I say, regulation attached to it. Yep. So even if even if you don't want to build to these levels, you have to. Like, you don't have an option. That is correct. If they'll even give you the permitting in the first place to put in this power that will save lives and make it better. Ahem. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh... That's a separate issue, government regs. Oh, yeah. A whole level and myriad layers of issues. Yes, indeed. <sighs> yeah, we, we really do need to be... Uh, we need to be putting in modular reactors, small modular reactors, down to the micro-reactors, all over the place. It, it is It is impressive. That seems to be where everybody's going, and that's because you don't really need as much containment stuff. And I, I'm guessing, right, like, it, it was all molten salt stuff. That's what everybody was championing uh, not too long ago. And uh, at the time, that was kind of where I was. But I bet you what we're probably going to end up seeing is steady state or solid state reactors of some sort. Now, that's, wherein uh, they... that's a bit of a um, holy grail, isn't it? No, not really. I think that's actually what the E. Vinci is. Really? Yeah, it doesn't have any moving parts. Is that a fact? Yep. Solid core and advanced heat... Well, how the fuck do you like that? Passive core heat extraction, autonomous operation, inherent load-falling capabilities. So, oh, well, so it's a pseudo-solid-state reactor. So it, has, yeah, but it does have minimal moving parts. But but that's going to be... The, the fewer moving parts, be... you know, the less shit to break. So, yeah, absolutely. It's probably on the order of... Uh, yes, it, it has moving parts and of course obviously nobody gets to see what the line is um but don't forget you have a whole steam generation plant and everything else that you know you need to account for sure. so yeah because at the end of the day we're not doing some kind of crazy fancy technological power you know um harvesting method on this we're it it all kind of at the end of the day comes back to spinning a turbine right so so i would say that when they they are talking about their moving parts there's a decent chance that their spinning turbine is their their moving part that makes sense or piston or whatever the fuck they're using or something like that yeah like it's their motive power transmission device whatever it may be all right it was a fucking Sterling engine, but probably not. 
Because Probably not. Be kind of a retarded use for a Sterling engine. It would indeed. Sterling engines, for for those who don't know, are actually very interesting heat engines. Most of most of I'm trying to remember. I think it's like single stroke. So, uh, but it's got a very. I, I'd have to go take a look at it. But it's it's actually a really interesting heat engine design. No, they're absolutely um, fascinating. They work directly on heat exchange, just purely heat exchange, not. Uh, any yep. other movement of anything. Yes, indeed. So, you know, you have a hot side and a cold side. The hot side gets hotter, so the heat expands, gets to the cold side, and kind of pulls towards it, and then being on a crank just continues that cycle. Right. Fascinating. I, I, they are. They're very interesting heat engines. It's one of those things where you first hear about it, you're like, lies. But they do actually work. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're not zero work. point energy. Just, just so you know, there, there is energy there. But you know, it's a oh, beautiful yeah. balanced system. It is indeed. Yeah, it now is that to be said, we could put a bunch of these along our uh, along our high, high power uh, transmission lines, right? Well, but then they wouldn't get hot, and they would leach the power off. And powering Sterling engines, and how the fuck are we going to get that Sterling engine power to somewhere else before you get to it yourself? So no. Well, that's that's the problem that you have with most most of these grand schemes for uh, zero point or you know. Yeah, the uh, only viable systems I've seen that might actually work are grand scale pendulum systems. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's a couple of different ways that like it could theoretically maybe be done, but. Realistically, it, it, it there are free energy systems. Uh, for instance, you can, you can, I don't recommend it, but it can be done. Uh, you can build so the taps into the cosmic microwave background radiation, and it technically can power stuff. Like that can be done. Hey, however, however, who needs batteries, right? There's not a lot of energy. <laughs> to build a massive fucking antenna to do this. Mm, like, enough. you can do it. You could build a radio or have it operate something like a small power device like a radio. Uh, you know. Maybe a small LED. It can be done. Well, but that, it's not particularly that said, efficient. That would make for a very, very interesting powered watch. <laughs> Because you can run yeah, a I, uh, you can run a watch on a very small amount of power, and uh, I'll bet you that would be a really cool way to make a forever watch. I don't. Th I think you need you need like a long antenna to do it. Like I can't remember I can't remember what the actual size is, but it was it's it's massive. Oh really? Again, yeah, it's massive. It'd be like hundreds or thousands of feet oh, okay. of antenna to. Like, run a radio. Well, then you might actually be able to do a wristwatch. Theoretically. Mm, maybe. That would be an interesting... Boy, that'd be an interesting thing to run the numbers on. I think you could probably it, do it. I think you could. I mean, I'm not talking about necessarily having a lot of features here. But I, I think you might be able to. I... I from well, that from last time... A, that, that would be a really cool engineering thing. So, hey, engineers listening to this... Design a uh, galactic energy watch and uh, put it on Kickstarter. I will uh, gladly um, give you some free PR because that would be really dope. 
If you can pull it off, I'd be very impressed. But I, I believe that it is the the energy requirements are the energy output is very very small. Undoubtedly, from a large amount of material, an astounding, stunningly large amount of material. Well, I mean, figuring on actually making that a realistic thing, you'd probably have to incorporate like a you'd have to incorporate the antenna into the case itself and probably into the band. But, uh, maybe. I don't know. Inter- uh, I don't know. Thought experience. Or you'd have to wear it over engineer. your shoulder and it'd have to wrap around your body. You know. Possibly. Or, well, yeah. Right. Either way. It's it's a thought experiment at this point, but if any engineer is listening to this and uh, wants to give it a go, or would like to legitimately look into the numbers and come on and discuss it with us, I would love to have that happen. So, uh, Take me up on the offer. If not, you know, your loss. And ours, too. <laughs> I think uh, Carrera was actually looking at that. Really? Yeah. I remember she. Uh, we had a couple discussions when I was like trying to figure out why it was that she seemed to have... Why, why it was that a porn star seemed to have knowledge of advanced engineering concepts and used uh, specific language patterns that are not expected <laughs> for that yeah. industry. Yeah, like you, you know uh, specific and, engineering terms and all that. Yeah, so so like well, specific equations. Uh, Not even more stuff. So yeah, yeah. So I remember asking her what what she. I think that was what she was saying is that she wanted to look into free energy, and uh, we discussed it. She's like, it's possible. I'm like, yeah, but it requires shitloads of fucking equipment. It's not cost effective. Yeah, and I mean to be to be realistic, you would probably be looking at using some kind of metamaterials if you were actually going to be making that into a rich swatch sized device. Uh, maybe. I mean, ultimately, you really can't beat just a really really long antenna for doing those kinds of things. Yeah, probably. Well, the reason I say metamaterials is you might be able to, you know, use some sort of just better conductive material for your antenna. Like, uh, some of these near-room temperature, or actually room-temperature superconductors, like, something like that as an antenna would obviously work incredibly well, but... Uh, yet again, we're we're talking about, you know, just kind of spitballing things that are... To be honest, utterly frivolous. Cool, but frivolous. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ah! Now, on the note of frivolity, so, um... We, um, I guess it's frivolity. Anyway, um, basically, you can now get AMD and uh, NVIDIA GPUs for under market MSRP. price, uh, under even on occasion. You really, can get them on sale now. I am. Uh, I I actually need to upgrade my graphics card before crypto prices skyrocket again. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it now. Now is the time because. Um, they were at like a double, triple, and quadruple prices, at just totally being scalped. To you can actually get them for what they're worth, and get them on sale again. On sale because I, so I like should, you were saying, you've probably uh, if if the economy isn't fucking you too hard, now is going to be the time to do your GPU upgrade because you've got uh, like we were saying six ish months. You know, once once crypto starts banging again, you know, you know probably six ish months. Yeah, 
it is is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is just a spitball in here, too. I mean, we really don't know what exactly will happen. Who knows what sort of crazy nonsense could happen. I mean, we could have... Uh, yeah, we're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. There's, there's too many variables in the world today to to really even say you know exactly the kind of things that we can expect around the corner further than maybe a fucking week. Well, we can expect. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna be. <laughs> I, I am. I am surprised that we have. You know what is it? Roe v. Wade. It's been overturned. Indeed, indeed, uh, and that's that uh, that's the me. one that. Uh, Oh yeah, that's the uh, the teaser I sent out to everybody on uh, Twitter. Like, you're gonna have to actually tune in tonight if you want to find out what my position is on it. So, I'll just go ahead and say and that is that uh, I actually think that abortion um, should be legal, and also that uh, Roe was a bad decision. That uh, if you're gonna do this, it really should be done either in the states or federally, and in a number yep. of states, it is. It's uh, the law of the land. To one degree or another. In actually, I want to say more than twenty states. It's the law of the land to some degree that abortion is uh, totally fine, totally legit, whatever. At some point, now that might be um, say twelve weeks and under, fifteen weeks and under, two or uh, yeah, I think that I think ten weeks is the smallest on that before you get into the outright abortion bans, which are now a thing that we'll have to figure out because uh, they are seemingly legitimate in some states. Well, uh, the Roe thing is very interesting. Well, not even seemingly. Actually, they're they're completely backed by legal precedent now. I I will say, so so I did a, I did a big Twitter thread on this, um, kind, of, kind of discussing the whole entire thing because, A, first off, the left is going nuts. Oh, right. The, the left is. I have never seen. It, it's amazing because they used to make better arguments on abortion, and, and and part of this is because those arguments don't carry water anymore, right? So the the women are going to die because they can't get access to abortion. That whole thing was made up, and uh, yeah, it, it just doesn't work. So they don't make the argument anymore, which is good because uh, I think it was back in the nineties or the uh, early 2000s, eventually somebody kind of admitted they just made the whole thing up. Um, I can believe that. I mean, we can look back at Margaret Sanger's words, and uh, the reason for Planned Parenthood is... Uh, there's They got a dirty past. We can just say that. Margaret like, Sanger has said some... Uh, there's There's a number of people who are very with what she has said, and those people generally don't like minorities. Uh, that's true. Uh, that is true. Uh, but going going into the issue, like for me, I, I've had, I've moved my position on abortion. Actually, let me rephrase that. I, I've actually, like I actually agree with Casey in terms of setting when the limits are uh, or what that's, which was viability. That was what Casey said. Um, Roe originally had it, I think, to like first trimester or something like that or like, uh, I can't remember when exactly. <laughs> and I believe but the vast AC. majority of Americans actually are, uh, what was it? I want to say more than 60% of Americans support abortion up to uh, up to the end of the first trimester. Yeah, it, 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 that's where the majority of Americans are. It, it's, it's 70% think, 60-70% think um, that first trimester is is 
not necessarily okay. I don't want to. I don't want to put words in people's mouths because it's a bioethics issue, right? Of course. But uh, acceptable, right? It's tolerable uh, up to that point. And unfortunately, uh, Roe, Roe did not. Roe and Casey combined made it go way beyond what most Americans tolerated. And that was kind of the point that Roberts was making in his decision when he turned around and he said that you know this hasn't like. We everybody thought when they they solved Roe years ago that the problem has been solved, and it turns out no, that's not true. Um, no, they basically so, kicked it down the line. Right, they kicked it down the line in the hope that someday no one would do jack shit. Right, and then um, well, that didn't work out. Well, I think that they they tried to like come to a resolution on the issue. Uh, the only problem is that uh, in in coming to a resolution on the issue they didn't actually solve it right they they didn't they didn't come in and they left it as so the problem that you have is that they didn't federally deal with this like there is a legislative process that they could have used to enact abortion well actually let's let let me pause you for just a quick second and expound on that very specific point they had a vote was it two months ago it was either two or three months ago where they had they had a chance they had everybody together. They had uh, all their lefty friends. They even had a couple of people on the right were like, yeah, well, you know what? This this might be the right thing to do. And then they chose to put it to... They went fucking extremo. Uh, half, yeah, they, they instead of sitting there, like Casey was was considered uh, an extension on Roe. It went from whatever Roe's limits were and put it beyond that. And instead of sitting there and going through the federal process, they decided... Yeah, they had the option. Right then and there, they could have codified Roe and codified Casey. And it would have been the law of the land. And it wouldn't have fucking mattered what happened to Roe and Casey. It really wouldn't have. But they didn't. Instead, they chose to make it like, uh, you know, it's not point of viability. I think it was up to the following trimester from birth. I I I don't think that there was any actual limits. I I think that there was... I yeah, I, was... I believe it was um, full term. Well, then, yeah, now, I, I guess... I, guess, I think, uh, I think it was something going... on the order... Like, uh, there's some caveats there, right? Like, I think it had to do with, like, health of the mother or medical... I think it was, like, in the event that the doctor and the mother agree, it can be done full term. And uh, that... And also, as we learned in some of the uh, specific questioning of the people responsible for this bill... That that would include mental health of the mother. Yes, exactly, and that was kind of the the issue is that and it was that's a big big line. It is when it, you're going to let's be honest, kill a ch- a born child because it injures the mental health of the mother. I mean, even if it's not going to be common, or even even kill a viable child. Yeah. Yeah, even a non-born child, but a child that could be saved, that could be, you know, uh, C-sectioned out and then put in an incubator if necessary or be completely viable just at that time. You you could, when that's a thing, you've offended the sensibilities of almost any reasonable person. I mean, even me, and I'm a pretty, pretty progressive guy in that, you know. To be f- completely fair, if society were at a different place, I would support the Roman ideal regarding abortion. But that's quite extreme, and society isn't at a place where it could support such a uh, an extreme measure. What was the uh, Roman idea on abortion? Two years. 
two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could get there. Yeah, no, I, I, we don't. We're not in a society where you can have that kind of thing. I, I mean, my my stance has always <laughs> been viability, and the reason that I thought viability was because my hope would be that it would provide. Um, folks who were morally opposed, I, 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 at least, at least, even when my in my pro-abortion days, um, I, I'm not pro or anti. I'm, I'm just kind of neutral on the issue now. Um, even back when I was pro-abortion, and that was solely because I wanted to have sex with women and not be responsible for their offspring. Oh, so you were uh, a good oh, ally. I was a very good ally. Oh. Uh, that was. <laughs> that was that was my pro- principal reason. It was is completely self interest. Um, but even even back in those days, I still kind of admitted, at least tacitly to myself, that there's a bioethics issue here, right? And bioethics is is really hard. Oh, sure. Anybody who who has uh, who has done bioethics issues or studied bioethics, like the prob- what makes bioethics hard is it's not definitive. Right? What we can do, what we should do is uh, a heuristic that's technically always changing and um because it's always changing it's there's no like right answer well that's fair that's well i mean we can look at the viability debate as a specific point on this because as technology has developed it has not only increased the artificial viability of uh, say a fetus but it has also allowed us to determine that that fetus is what you would call alive that much sooner you know, with these uh, heartbeat bills and uh, things of the like. You know, we're right, able to see exactly. that there's there's a viable thing in there sooner than we really ever thought. And that's that's one of the problems that you you run into. Um, like I, I again, I still support viability. I think that's the right right choice for me. Like I haven't changed my position on when I think that should be there. But the, the point is that when we start talking about these bioethics issues, the whole reason, the whole thing, the reason why bioethics is a thing is because it's not about what we can do. It's about what we should do. It's the morality associated with a specific action. And that is very, very individualistic. And it is, it is something that, uh, unfortunately, we can't decide on an individual by individual basis. We have to have like pre thought out societal um, kind of. Well, this is where things points. like, uh, you know, your religious institutions come in. Uh, inst- they perform a lot of the um, framework for that. You, you know? can also, you can also talk about this from the perspective of secular institutions. You know, that's, that's also acceptable. Um, it doesn't really matter where the source comes from, but it has to be done uh, from a non-individualistic basis, um, predominantly because uh, everybody's different on there, right? So, so we can talk about something that's not directly re- related, but is bioethics issue, the idea of cloning, right? It is in my best interest, and it would probably be pretty cheap, to produce a clone of myself, and then basically keep it for spare parts. Oh, sure, yeah. right? And I mean, it works me, that way with cars, so... Yeah. Exactly. And, and, like, you know, I, I, if you turn around and you start talking about it, that's why we don't allow cloning. Why? Because people like me would have no moral issue with uh, producing a clone from my own cells, my own genetic material. It is mine, for all intents and purposes, for me to go do with as I so choose. And that would be my stance. 
uh, and that is uh, that is morally questionable. And there's people who would who would uh, like where in my case I would probably turn around, and make sure it has no brain function, right? right. Yeah. I mean, but to be, to be fair, I, I would probably have two. Um, you know, but one to start at zero and just raise, and then another to uh, you know have. Uh, but but you did the, the reason. <laughs> The reason that we don't allow that is because there's also there's going to be people who even in that scenario where I'm kind of on the grisly, grim end of it, if you will. Well, you could say that you're being utilitarian in that. We would have people that are not utilitarian, shall we say? There, there is all kinds of sketchy shit, right? I I could turn around and say, hey, it's a bioethics issue, but I want my spare parts. Uh, Therefore, uh, we'll make sure that the entity, my my little spawnling made of me uh you know doesn't have brain function doesn't feel pain you know it is solely something that's kept in a vat for me to replace and and have spare parts yeah right but there's going to be people literally a headless body basically right headless body or um you know or like no brain uh, there's just a computer in there that runs all the functions (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would actually go with headless body because ultimately, yeah, I think parts brain. Of might want, you know, like well, no, I, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd I'd make sure that the the body got up to be like, you know, adolescent age, and uh, work on brain transplants, and you'd basically uh, just transport into a younger version of yourself. Take your brain, put it in there, get some of that nice, good younger blood going through you. Uh but there, there would be people. So, so they did. Uh, I think it's called the island. Is that that what the the movie is? Mm, Where uh, they? Not from. Not sure. I know. It was. Uh, it was a sci-fi film, uh, and basically, it was a whole bunch of people on the island, and they're kind of sitting there, and they, uh, they, they notice that people go missing, and they're trying to figure out why people go missing, and uh, these are clones that I think, I think they either retain. All of their memories. Oh, maybe from... I did. Was this a Schwarzenegger flick? I don't know. Uh, no, that was that was a different one. That was a um, not Total Recall. No, but this, I yeah, but somebody else did a story like that. I think. Yeah, you yeah, know, there was uh, that was a uh, a Schwarzenegger film that that did actually happen. Okay, but uh, that, wherein... that's not the one you're talking about. But okay, I, I know no, the concept no, no, no. you're talking of. I've obviously just seen a different movie with that concept. Called The Island. And the, the island is uh, basically people disappear from it, and the whole entire thing is they're trying to figure out why people keep disappearing out of the group. And the uh, the answer is that they're being used as spare parts for themselves on the mainland. So it's basically just a reserve until they're... Yep, I think I lost you. The way it goes on this... On this uh, on this film, yeah, and that those that kinds uh... of those kinds of very scary dystopian things are a perfect example of bioethics, right? Because ultimately, while most people would consider that horrifying, there are going to be other people who are okay with it, and so we have to, as a society, decide where those lines are, and those are blurry lines, oh, right? Sure. And abortion, abortion is another one of those bioethics issues, wherein we have to decide. When habeas corpus applies, when does this? Yeah, when thing does that thing become a person? Become and when you. does it have rights? Yeah, yeah, and and that is not something that can be left up to the woman, um, because ultimately, 
uh, each person is going to have a different point. And when you're starting to talk about economics coming into play, which they do, uh, we can't pretend that they don't, there's going to be uh, self-interested reasons that have nothing to do with an ethical decision being made at the time. And that's, that's the challenge that you have with bioethics, is we have to decide this as a society where we draw those lines so that, that, that we understand. And maybe that line is, is drawn where Casey is. Maybe that line is drawn where Roe is. Maybe uh, that's the way we should be going on these things. But we have to discuss that, and we have to debate that, and it should be passed through uh, the normal process, which, again, right? Oh, lost you for a second. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I heard it cut out. Um, but but that was not, like, Roe v. Wade didn't go through our normal process. It wasn't voted on. It was the Supreme Court, back 50 years ago, deciding what, what is and is not uh, morally well, acceptable. From the bench. Right, they legislated from the bench. And, and uh, you know, I know people are worried about things like, what is it, is it Oberfeld? I think Oberfeld is gay marriage. Um, there have they're been worried some about a lot. I, I don't I wouldn't be too worried about that because ultimately that's covered in this case they actually made law right they said hey you know the, now that being said that being said what uh, Obama did with the 14th amendment and the courts uh, pushing it through on all the states there is a possibility that that could get overturned and I'll be honest I didn't support it at the time because the 14th amendment just doesn't support any it doesn't say a goddamn word about marriage there is marriage mentioned nowhere no, in the Constitution no. or the Bill of I'm, Rights. I'm surprised that they chose. Which, which one's the Fourteenth Amendment? Uh, that's right, right. Uh, that's a very, very broad judicial one. I can't remember what it is what it says exactly. I want to pull that up. Let me get the whole reading of it. All persons born or naturalized in the United States are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Are citizens and of the states wherein they reside. No stout shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities. Nor shall any state deprive a person of life, liberty, property, ha, the eminent domain, without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction equal protection under the law. Section two, representatives, yada 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 yada. So, so right to I I believe I believe that in in this case, uh, the Fourteenth Amendment is perfectly applicable for gay marriage because that's the equal protections clause. It right? is. Um, that and that is where that comes from. Like you're well, not going to be able to undo is, that. Is if the Fourteenth Amendment protects that, then it protects you know gun rights, which aren't a thing. It protects uh, human rights at uh, that same level. So you know, if I live in a concealed carry state, I can conceal carry anywhere. If I live in a constitutional carry state, I should say I can constitutional carry anywhere. Period. True. And that's that. There is no other reading than that. So to uh, so if. If it's going to cover gay marriage, then it's got to cover every single human right. Well, it, it, it does. It does, right? So you can't the, – the states can't sit there and pass laws that are – the Equal Protections Clause is the state can't decide who gets what, right? They can't play favorites. And on so, that note, let us also make note of the other very monumental recent uh, Supreme Court decision, and that is uh, – New York State. Ah, yes. That the was Bruin a good one. Case. New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And we've got a huge, huge, huge win for human rights in this one. Because, as I've said before, there is no such thing 
as a gun right. There is a human right that might be related to guns, but there's only human rights. That's all they are. So, in this case, we have found that uh, New York has alienated that right with its May issue scheme, which was really a, a, an, a license issuing scheme in name only. The only uh, it could... depends on where you are. So, so that's that's basically what the the whole point is. So, that's true. For instance, that's true. my I'm, county. I'm really being. I'm kind of being hyper specific on this because this case was brought up to challenge New York City. Yep. And... Yep. And, and oddly enough, if you look at if you look at the things, my county is a may issue, won't issue in practice, and we're surrounded by may issue, will issues, and uh, uh, may issue, may issues. And yet my county is one of the few that's that's not, which is actually a surprise because my county tends to be a lot more red than uh, than blue in these in these issues. But to put this very shortly, what's happened now is any state with a May issue um, concealed carry license, uh, concealed carry weapons licensing scheme, permitting scheme, uh, that is no longer constitutional or legal. So they have been ordered from the top. And this has even come down to Los Angeles. And oh my God, I can only imagine how salty the L.A. sheriffs are right now that they have got to provide weapon permits to black people. Can you imagine that a black person is going to be able to just walk around and protect themselves from all of these dangerous, evil, white liberal women who are named Karen that are always calling the, uh, the cops on them? Yes, indeed. Uh, it's it's really quite something. I uh, I actually have left skin in the game for the uh, the gun one. I'm not I'm not a huge gun person. I'm not not opposed to them. I I, I like them. I think that it's important. Um, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, there's lots of, that of people stuff. that don't support you know Nazis being able to speak, but they like free speech. So you know, I, I mean, yeah, well, they, I I I support Nazis being allowed to speak on the principle and grounds of free speech. Like, there's no point in having free speech if people that can't can't say things that you don't like to hear. Absolutely, it's and, not. And I agree. Azov, the Azov Battalion, IDAR, Right Sector, all of these you know prominent Ukrainian organizations, they deserve a voice. They do, and, and it, you know, it, it, you you should be right there when somebody shows up, when the Ku Klux Klan shows up to speak. You should be right there protesting them and countering them with intellectual intellectual debate, um, debunking their points. That's what you should be doing. Um, however, uh, they do deserve the right to speak. Ah. Hmm. Oh, I don't have the. I'm missing the good picture. I'll have to get it off my Telegram. But there's a. There's some. There's just some lovely LGBT support out there for the Azov Battalion, which is. One of the most hilariously ironic things that has ever occurred. I I have to say. No, oh, I lost your mind. What was that? Oh, it's just that's that's always how the left is, right? Uh, <laughs> Super pro Muslim, but you know those are the people who are throwing, you know. Folks you know up. what? That's uh, that's a point I'd like to touch on because no. I was talking with a uh, with a colleague earlier today. Colleague, <laughs> I was talking with the other delivery driver today, and we were talking about geopolitics. And um, you know, a few years back, it was definitely not all Muslims. 
Um, you know, when America was uh, hot and heavy in Afghanistan for fucking forever, uh, you were oh, certainly I told lost that. You again. Oh, you got me. Yeah, I got you again. Okay, cool. Sorry. Oh no. Yeah. There's apparently one corner of my house that I can't be in. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, we uh, we look back to uh, the uh, the American special operation in Afghanistan, if we want to call it that, and. Well, you know, it was firmly not all Muslims, not uh, certainly not all Afghanis. Now, I mean, let's be fair, it basically was certainly all Iranians. That's just been the narrative since forever. But beyond that, you know, you weren't allowed to, uh, you were told not to hate Muslims, not to hate people from the Middle East and all that. But what's the prevailing narrative now? If they're Russian, they're evil. Yep. And isn't that interesting? Well, you know, it's it's always what is it? It's the uh, the classic 1984. We've always been at war with uh, whichever side, East Asia or whatever it is. Oh, Eurasia. Eurasia. Oh, Eurasia. No. no, well, actually, no, it's East Asia. No, actually, it's Eurasia. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm Ministry of Truthing you there. Eh, no, that's all right. But it, it's always been that 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 kind of case there. Oh, of course. Where. Yeah. Uh, we have we have people who will come in and make these kinds of arguments and then you know change them as soon as it's politically convenient to do so that used to be a shared common point between libertarians conservatives and the american left that you know that basically people lie when it's politically convenient not to but the left has continued to do so and everybody else has kind of moved on well, it isn't even. It's not necessary today, is the thing. You Why? Know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can actually just tell the truth and get pretty much any message you want to. You want to get across, across. That's always been the interesting bit is that that uh, you see people who are arguing kind of like esoteric points or or ignoring the truth. You. C- uh, let, let's talk about something like socialism and uh, and things like uh, group differences on socially valued traits, also known as your race and IQ studies and, you know, men versus women in this field or that field. We can, uh, you can make the argument for uh, a, a very good, strong welfare state, egalitarianism, all of that stuff, accepting the objective reality of group differences on socially valued traits. But for whatever reason, they uh, in, instead of choosing to to accept that people are 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 different and those differences lead to differences in outcomes, they've chosen to embrace the rather insane belief that uh, everybody is exactly the same and uh, the only reason that we see group differences is due to structures of oppression and power, which is kind of kind of absurd yeah somehow <clears throat> somehow you can you can look at a, a dachshund and a border collie and you can say these are both dogs these are different breeds of dogs and that's fine but when you look at um well let's get hyper specific and uh, when you look at a senegalese and a nairobi person there are notable differences there and you know we go um 
or we can get uh, also more hyper-specific. We can look at the difference between, uh, say, Persian and generally Middle Eastern uh, diseases and those in those of the Ashkenazi stock. There are certain diseases that kind of only target people of Jewish and Jewish uh, backgrounds. Yeah, we we call that uh, Craigitis. <laughs> well, other than that one, Jesus man. But, you know, there's just, you know, we look at heart disease <clears throat> amongst people of African descent or, uh, you know, their ability to process melanin. And there there are differences amongst people, and it's not like that's a fucking bad thing. It's actually good that there are differences amongst people. Human biodiversity are- is an amazing thing and allows for people to be more diverse. And the more there are, the better. So stop trying to end any of the groups. Well, you know, I, I understand why they don't like it, right? Because it kind of goes against the the deeply held belief of of human change and and yada yada yada, right? Oh, but yeah. at the same time, uh, change happen. You can control your your impulses, but it requires a lot of effort. It's not something that's innate. It's not something that's normal or natural or uh, that that is going to happen without a lot of work. And so I think that, that when they turn around and they, they cling to this narrative, um, rather than turning around and saying, hey, you know, you have baser impulses and you have to guard against them, they would much rather say, uh, no, it, the, the reason that I have baser impulses is uh, because other people have wronged me in the past or wronged my ancestors. Not because I'm, I'm you know... I'm not necessarily sitting there acting responsibly, but because everybody else has screwed me over historically. And that's just easier for people to deal with. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, just easier to be a victim, right? It is. And, I mean, that's where the money is, right? So there, It is indeed. So, you know, go, go where the as money demonstrated is. Demonstrated by Sarkeesian there. Yeah, sure enough. Sure enough. <sighs> and she even uh, made a bit of a return to uh, form lately. Did she really? Yeah. She, I, have, I haven't seen anything on her in a while. Yeah, she's uh, granted, just been a little burning background flame. I wonder, I, I'm kind of curious as to why she actually disappeared out of the limelight. Although I guess, you know, you kill you kill Gamergate, you kill the Golden Goose. For her. <sighs> now, you know, that... That is a good segue, because, of course, that fucking boogeyman is back. Is it? Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact. Let me uh, let me just see what Google wants to tell us about Gamergate before I go into it. Uh, because I've... Let me see here. We've got to have one. Yep, the three days ago. There it is. There it is. I knew it was something. Okay. So they've tied it to Amber Heard. <clears throat> and, uh, and it's Kotaku doing it. Of course. I mean, you you could ask for no better. We're in the uh, post-Gamergate, post-Me Too world, and uh, let me just copy this link address and put it into archive because, well, Kotaku is garbage, and I'm I'm not even... Uh, they, they get nothing. Nothing from me. Nothing. Okay. So let's just link up that archive for everybody to take a looky-see at. I'll put that on screen as well because, you know, I'm nice that way so everybody can see the 
picture of uh, the uh, the yeah, turd lever. I gotta drop that in chat for you too. But um, yeah, vilifying Amber Heard shows we learned nothing from Gamergate. People can't stand imperfection, uh, imperfect women. Not in Depp v. Heard trial, or in games, or anywhere. Ah, <sighs> uh, die. It's um, so yeah. I'm I'm not gonna read through this whole thing because it's largely a complete load of bullshit. Because for one, it comes from Kotaku, and two, it references Me Too. And Gamergate, so you know it's just bullshit. Uh, long and short is basically Amber Heard's perfect, can do nothing wrong. She shouldn't have been cut from Aquawind 2 for shitting in the bed and cutting off a guy's finger and, yeah, and basically being my, a, an abuser. My uh, my wife turned My wife said that I think the majority of the population uh, lost interest in her point of view. They found out she shit in bed and tried to blame it on the dog. That's a big okay. one, you know. That's that's a line for a lot of people, which is funny. You'd think it might be like the uh, the cutting off the dude's finger, or uh, you know, the death threats, or any of the, uh, the the really crazy bullshit. But no, did did she actually cut off his finger? Uh, not directly, intentionally. She threw like a, a broken glass bottle, and it cut off the tip of his finger when he tried to block himself or, ah, okay. it or something. Yeah, it wasn't like a Lorena Bobbitt or anything like that. Come on. Yeah, Hello? but they've basically just tried to the, the that old uh, that old red herring. Well, you know. And of course, uh, we 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 run from that into the other narrative of you know people making money off of uh, all this. Uh well, oh, actually, they... I'm kind of surprised. They actually didn't really touch into all the people that made money off of this. They they just went from that. I'd have figured they'd hit up, like, uh, Rakeda or something and say how he's, like, some super far right-wing Nazi lawyer or something that made tens of thousands of dollars on the back of Amber Heard. Huh. I guess, uh... I guess Kotaku surprised me in their uh, restraint. I know they're why. In general, it's inadvisable to go after lawyers. It kind of is. It kind of is. Like, considering defamation suits are starting to pop up now against the left. You know, we have um, uh, what was it? The uh, the 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 Coventry Coven Covington kids. Yeah. Oh, that uh, that was, one. Uh, that was one of the first big deals, yeah. And now we've uh, yeah. we've seen that. We now that one we didn't see most. I don't know if any of those actually went to trial. I believe that everything so far has been settled. And then with uh, with this herd uh, result, as well as Rittenhouse's result, I think the uh, I think Sandman is going further. And is going to try and pursue more cases. And then, of course, Rittenhouse has uh, hes said he's going after even bigger targets, too. Which, Godspeed, kid. You did nothing wrong. You defended yourself. And, well, you rid the earth of some people that uh, did some real, real awful shit. 
I I would love I would love to have him go after and win against Biden. Like there would be so much deliciousness <sighs> there. The level of salt it they might be saltier about that than they are about Roe. Now, not everyone, oh, I am not sure. across the board. It wouldn't hit as broad a swath of people as this one. It just wouldn't. I mean, but when you talk the about ones Ro, it hits, right? oh my god. I I I hate to I hate to say it as myself being the only person, but again, I talked about it being a bioethics issue. It was a bioethics issue that I acknowledged when I was younger. Um, I just didn't was in my self-interest and i really have a hard time believing there's actually people who are truly motivated about roe uh and abortion men or women right like men or women i really suspect a lot of this is uh completely self-interest uh from from certainly men that want to be able to have sex without having to be responsible um and i get it right i've been there done that it's not you know you're not, you're not blazing the new trail there, boys. Um, at the same time, it, it's because I understand and have made the circuit from individual who is pro-abortion, because I, I refuse to use pro It should be called by what it is. Pro-abortion versus anti-abortion. Yeah, because there's I'm not a lot of pro- legitimately pro-choice people out there. Being real. No, I, I've, uh, I've encountered a couple of them arguing that pro-choice yada 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 and my response has always been how did you feel about vaccine mandates right i'll be honest i am pro-choice but i'm pro-choice again in the classical definition you know safe legal and rare Eh, and i think that society uh, should shun uh, abortions entirely it should be like oh that's uh that's a thing that uh, you get done when you have to because it's medically necessary or you're just an evil piece of shit well, I mean, again, you know, I, I, I understand the economics. I don't have an issue with economic I, economics for abortion. Um, but again, I also – you look at it, right? This is a spectrum, like all bioethics issues. Oh, yeah, and the absolutely. spectrum does not begin at, uh, at life, is conce- or life begins at conception, uh, and that's where we're going to hold the line. The actual spectrum begins at, like, no masturbation because it could potentially blah, blah, blah. And that was an actual point of view that people actually had at one point. And we've moved beyond that. And I oh, think yeah. That's a yeah. Thing. I mean, you know, when we're talking about these things, we really do need a little bit more minutiae. It's like people forget about Jainists. And yep. if you are not familiar with the Jainist, that's going to be an individual that uh, is so against violence that they are vegan. They, they won't consume any animal product because it might do damage to the animal. They aren't perhaps as extreme as some of the, uh, the Buddhist monks out there that will... Uh, now, there are fundamentalist Jainists that will sweep the area ahead of them as they walk so as not to step on a bug. Yeah, yeah there are. And uh, they won't they won't swap the mosquito when it bites you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a very real thing. And honestly, I have to I have to give my respect to someone who is so devoted to, uh, you know, to their task, to their uh, religion, their fight, their faith. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Um. But then, but yeah. with these kind of people, we're dealing with genuine people who are honest about their faith and will be honest with you about their faith. When we well, look at adherence again, to uh, the religion of science, they're much less honest. When it, when we start talking about um, about things like 
the bioethics issue, it, it begins at, like, no masturbation, because you might potentially do that. That's the farthest extreme that I can think of. Anything beyond that, it's Handmaid's Tale. And I will, I'll, I'll stand with the left and say, yep, that's where Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale begins, is at the point where uh, it's beyond... It's, it's not at the point where you can't masturbate. It's at the point where you're forced to breed, right? That's, 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 that's the, uh, the edge of the window that's beyond the window. Nobody's actually ever going to talk about that as a real legitimate outcome kind of thing. But um, no masturbation would be one end of the spectrum that would be kind of extreme in terms of uh, points of view people can have over the, the life begins at conception thing. Uh, then you can go into no contraception. Or, or sorry, uh, no. Before no contraception, it's no sex without the intention of for conception, right? No, right. no, no, no sex for fun. Uh, sex as as a purpose. Um, well, I'll link and again, your uh, not- thread actually because I did read over that. It's a good thread. I'll put that up for people to look over if they'd like. We, um, the then you go into no contraception, right? Uh, and that wouldn't be things like you could still probably use the rhythm method. Kinds of things, but no contraception would be the next step in in terms of extremism, and then you run into no abortion, right? So you can you can have sex for fun, you can conceive, or you can, or actually, it would be a no no uh, no plan B type stuff because I, I, some people would consider that to be abortion, anyways. Um, then you go into no abortion. You can go into uh, no abortion at after uh, the heartbeat, I think, is the earliest, then no abortion after the first trimester. And then typically the next point thereafter is the viability, which is where I tend to sit. So, so there's a large, a large way to fall from, uh, you know, the, the viability, which is where I'm at, to the most extreme position that I can think as a, a logical individual who was concerned about this could have. And that would be an extreme position of, well, like, no masturbation. There's a long way to go between viability and that. When you start talking about the majority of people, they generally are open to debating uh, first trimester, heartbeat, and, um, and viability. That's where the debate generally is, is somewhere in that sector. And that's probably where the state laws are going to be at. By and large, uh, yeah. I mean, but, we're going to have our outliers that are going to be like, none at all. Or say, there's. I think there's one that's got like five or six weeks. But yeah, you're going to have your outliers. Right. And, and outliers are outliers. They, they, on they both are sides. What they are. Yep, they, they, there are outliers on both sides. Um like but you're going to have your California that uh, right now they're trying to put through one that's basically a version of what the they tried to do at the federal level. Yes, and it's probably yeah, yeah. going to go through because California. Yeah, you know, if they want to do that, that's fine, right? I, I can't I can't fault people who disagree with me uh, or who I disagree with from having a localized response. For this whole entire thing. Now, granted, I think a lot of that's fanfare because nobody was like abortion wasn't the overturning of Roe doesn't sit there and cancel most people's abortion rights in blue states. Right. Blue states are very, very blue on this. This is uh, that they have their own extensions, those kinds of things that go beyond Wade or Roe v. Wade and all of that. But you, you have this long cliff between these two points of view, and, and we have to come to some point in the middle there. Absolutely. And so you, you get the, the Janus extremists. Well, the extremist positions would be uh, either abortion at full term, which 
apparently my sister-in-law is arguing for. Uh, Lovely. I got to go deal with that tomorrow at the the baby shower. I got to go to. That's yeah. got to be fun. She's a she's a social justice warrior. She's also like. Uh, I'm expecting that if she engages me in debate, it's going to end up with men shouldn't have a say in the issue, and I'm just going to be like, well, you're a pansexual who's probably never been laid, so I don't think you have a say in the issue either. Like, men have more of a say than well, you can individuals. Well, the, it, when she says that men don't have a say, you need to correct her immediately and say that, uh, excuse me, are you saying that a man can't have a uterus? Oh, no, no, I'm not going to, because she would believe in that, right? Like, and, and uh, so, I've, Oh, I, I get you. Yeah, you don't want to engage in her delusion, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I can't. There's only so much. You, Tempting, you, you though, go it into may be. a whole different thing, right? She came in. I remember her coming in, <clears> and this <throat> is an individual who's probably, she's probably about five foot five, five foot six, and 350 pounds. I was going to ask if that was tall or wide. Right. Oh, come on. Still cut out. Oh. So, yeah, tall, not wide. Gotcha. Yep. No, no, she is. So, so like, nobody's crushing that puss. <laughs> anyway, it's, yeah, so any... it's kind of a moot point. <sighs> yeah. So, I, I, I just remember when she came out and she's like... Uh, came out here to visit. We're we're sitting there and we're talking. I'm like, we got a gay kid out there, and and I'm like, she told me she was a pansexual, and I'm like, there's no such thing as pansexuals. Like that's not a thing. That doesn't exist, right? That's just bisexual with extra steps. And she, yeah. uh, she, her her response her response was, uh, it, you know that that she would date trans people and because I wouldn't I said that's sexual preference that's not a new sexuality right it like is. trans people does that's like that's like blondes or brunettes sitting there and saying well I'm, I'm into chicks but it's okay if they have a penis that is it's all up to you buddy well no. let's let's be real here if if you are then uh you know, you're you're not necessarily into chicks, specifically. Well, you Just know, that, I think I think that's kind of the thing, right? And I've seen uh, I've seen a couple people make this argument before, and I I kind of agree with it. There's a lot of people who are more comfortable with the idea of trans than homosexuality, right? I I think that that's one thing that's going on is it's easier for mom and dad to believe that their little Timmy is really little tina than it is for them to accept that their son is gay uh you know um, i'm gonna have to actually uh call bullshit on that i'm gonna say that that's more of a hmm. i'm pretty sure there there was an actual study on that i th well that's possible but it could have been uh it could be a study or it could just be you know the kind of survey that uh, i am all too familiar with because i gave those surveys. yeah well, I mean, you also run into that in, in cultures like the Middle East, too, right? They don't have any gay individuals. Yeah. They just, you know, oh, where is forcibly, it, uh, surgically transition. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't, uh, where is it that they're they're resolving that issue and uh, just, you know, there's no one is gay there? They do have a fairly sizable trans community, though? Was that Saudi Arabia? I can't remember. 
Uh, it might. No, be. no, no. I think it was Ibran. <sighs> well, anyway, yeah. Uh, things are weird in the Middle East, but they, when they are. They're they? very strange. When are they not? Well, you know, I think the the fun part is that uh, China and you know, like Saudi Arabia, are challenging the United States on human rights abuses. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it makes uh, me makes me deeply happy. I, I am infinitely annoyed at the uh, at the times that uh, that I have to say that China is right because it's happening with uh, a lot of frequency uh, lately, and that infuriates me to no end because China is uh, well as a country and as a people. China is fine. And uh, the people that I've met and interacted with in my personal life are lovely. The people CCP... Who, who employ you and make your food. I Actually, I can't eat anything there other than steamed vegetables and the rice. Really? Yeah, I've got soy allergy. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? That sucks. That yeah. sucks indeed. Yeah, it really did until I found out about it. That was a uh, that was a long time. Yeah, well, it's always bad stuff for you, anyways. Well, it can be. I mean, like my parents don't have any issues. I have very bad issues. So, really? Yeah, it's it's a whole thing, and um, it uh, it disagrees with me in very weird ways. Suffice huh. to say, it's it's not something I'm gonna be ever having ever again ever. So, it makes dieting a little bit easier. Yay. Well, anyway, uh, but um, yeah, like I was saying, the uh, the Chinese people I've had interactions with in my life, and not specifically the shills I've dealt with on Twitter, because, well, they're funny. But uh, the real Chinese people I've had dealing with, they're decent folks that are just trying to live their life like anybody else. The CCP, however, they can fucking burn. Uh, that is an evil organization that does only evil in the world. And uh, to their own people. Just plain and simple. There, There is no long story to that. The CCP is evil. And does yes, no good are. in the world. And... No, no. Ah, shit. Motherfucker. Again. Why? Why? Why, oh fucking why, does China have to be doing good shit lately? They're, um... I wonder. I wonder how this is going to go over probably fine but um russia's in the right the special operation in ukraine is killing actual fucking nazis and neo-nazis and uh, far-right larpers and people that are uh, kind of dangerous to the world possibly even to the point of destroying what was meant to be the next isis could be it's very possible that the azov battalion was going to uh do as ISIS was doing in uh, conjunction with the Taliban in Afghanistan. Except for the fact that they were uh, more powerful than the Taliban was at the time of our invasion and were growing in power and acceptance across all of Ukrainian society. But you wouldn't fucking know that if you looked in any Western media source. So, subscribe to the Telegram. I'm actually providing... I'm not providing balanced coverage, actually, because you can get the Western narrative 
any fucking where. I'm providing essentially a holy Eastern narrative, but I am trying to provide a balanced Eastern narrative because there are some fucking psychopaths out there that uh, hate America and love anyone that does anything against America, whomever they might be, for whatever reason and whatever cause. And there's a line. You know, you can absolutely go too far with this stuff. Like uh, some of these uh, super pro-Russia people, Russian nationalist types that uh, they put out... I'm subscribed to a couple of them on uh, Telegram myself to get their info out because they've got great data sources and good information. But they uh, they also put out some shit that's... Uh, like, these people are not afraid to see me dead. And it's like, motherfucker, I, I don't want you dead. I'd like it if we could just be friends, but... Well, that's uh, that's kind of how it is. There's... <sighs> if you want good news, you have to get it from the extremist sources. Well, because they're going to be blatantly honest in some areas. The, the issue seems to be less that you have to get it from... Um, and more the fact that uh, non-extremist sources aren't properly covering this stuff. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. I mean, uh, well, we both watched Tim Pool, and he's had really not much of a single word to say on the Ukrainian conflict. Whether to, well, whether to mean, label it a war, whether to label it a special operation, whether to call it an invasion. I mean, he's largely stayed away from the topic, which is probably one of his safer bets internationally. Uh, I think don't forget, right? There, there's more to Timmy Pool here in this case, and that is it's out of the news. Like, correct. I most people most people aren't really talking about Ukraine at all. Like at all. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, if you were reading my uh, Twitter, you you wouldn't really think I was covering it in depth every single day. But if you're on my Telegram, you'll notice that there's always updates. I mean. I'm I'm even sourcing the updates from the Russian Ministry of Defense here. I I really am doing my best to have all the data that people would want to have. And it's it's a task in and of itself, collating all this data because nobody's doing it. Most people, like you said, they don't care one way or the other anymore. But like the the until until Russia actually does something interesting, which, you know, they haven't. I was kind of hoping for like attack nuke or Something yeah. fun. Yeah, they're right? they're they're running this in a very American fashion. They they really are. Like they haven't. They basically, ah, oh, you guys are cheating. Ah, oh, you cheating. We caught you cheating. Yeah. And then they do nothing about it, right? There's no there's no extreme response. They, uh, I'm not saying they're good. They're they're very good at their messaging. I don't think that's accurate, but um, they're certainly better than I would have expected for Russia. So, uh, while politically there is support for the for Ukraine, um, it's not really like. And, and yes, there's public support for Ukraine. I, I don't think uh, I don't think I want to claim that there isn't, because there certainly is. Oh, certainly. But and, and let me let me actually say something just to be clear. Should any of my Ukrainian friends, because I do have two, should they run across this? Brothers, this is this is not against you. This is again a situation of your leadership. Zelensky is a fucking villain. 
He is a madman, and the people that he works with are even more dangerous than he is. The Ukrainian people are decent folks, and they don't deserve this. Nope. Sorry. I, I, I have not said that, and kind of felt like I ought to, considering... Uh, the, the, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but the Russians, the Russians have, uh, managed to successfully do basically stop the most of the American people from caring. There was a huge fear campaign, uh, pushed by the media and the president, probably because everything else kind of sucked initially, but they really haven't done anything. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think, sorry, I'm balancing on my tub while I'm trying to. Apply a membrane. Understandable. It is. It is a tricky act. Um, discipline. But but you know, like there there was definitely a push in the early in the early days to uh, to kind of like build support for the U.S. and I think a lot of that was to distract from domestic policy, which wasn't going so well. Um, kind of over. Like, yeah. I'm yeah, not that narrative saying that there is falling war in apart. Ukraine. Absolutely. I'm not saying that there isn't a war in Ukraine. I'm not saying that it doesn't come across the news. Uh, you can sit there and Google Ukraine stuff, and you'll get a live day-by-day update. It's something that still is out there, right? Uh, and let me uh, let me just bring something up, actually, because this came up yesterday. Because there were specific questions of uh, Jeremy Powell. Uh, who was it that... Uh, led the question, it was uh, Bill Haggerty out of Tennessee that uh, got Powell to uh, say the dirtiest of dirty words. In that, this began before February and the Russian buildup of troops. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's not... The, Powell can't, can't deny that, right? That would be untruthful testimony. Indeed it would. I mean, let's be fair. I, I wouldn't put it past him, but... But there's just we're uh, we're starting to see the other side of that narrative, and kind of reaching the uh, the other side of that. Because as a matter of fact, in the past two days, we've just seen uh, some reporting out of some of the um, generals and lieutenant colonels that have been saying this for a few weeks now that Ukraine can't win. There's nothing yep. that nothing that can be done short of. Starting up military, uh, full my, military intervention. Yeah, short of this going hot worldwide, there is nothing that can be done that will allow Ukraine to win this. Nope. And, and that's that's kind of like I think uh, we talked about that earlier uh, in the in the year here. That's that's kind of the stance that I think we've all been in. Uh, all we've basically done with all of our fifty-four billion dollars. Um, is delay the inevitable. Certainly. And I actually think that because we started supplying weapons to Ukraine, um, it emboldened Zelensky to uh, to push for uh, maybe, I think he probably thought that he could drag everybody else into war with him. And it turns out that... Well, we can just look at his rhetoric in the early days. And even up till now for that matter as well, where he's always asking for billions and billions more in money, billions more in uh, weapons. 
And we can also look at some of the uh, less reported events, which, again, if you've been following my telegram, you'd know. But anyway, uh, some of the earlier reporting in that he was stopped in the early days by uh, unnamed Western powers from accepting a deal early on. They were told no. Oh, really? Was he? Yes. I, I do remember there being a deal early on, and then I remember that, like, somehow falling apart. Mm -hmm. It fell apart on the demands, supposedly, of Boris Johnson and unnamed Western actors. Probably Biden. I mean, let's be real. Um, it could be. You know, again, I, 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 I kind of figured that the Ukrainian war thing was to distract from the issues they had going on. Uh, I we talked about this. Well, it's a lovely canard. I mean, you've got the you've got the Putin price hike. It rolls off the tongue almost. It it does indeed. Um, and we talked about this <clears> initial <throat> initially, and I think Timmy Poole was there too. With the uh, it is just improbable that all of a sudden I don't think anybody believed that the war was coming because even though the Biden administration was saying it, and that was because. Um, it was too convenient, and they were facing a whole bunch of issues then, right? Well, also, if we'll remember, this will get into some interesting esoterica that people might not be aware of. Before that invasion, Vladimir Putin was a member of the uh, World Economic Forum. Was a high-placed member, as a matter of fact. I believe he was listed as uh, one of their uh, uh, leaders. And uh, He might have been. He may or may I'm not sure exactly where he was because he's since been removed and uh, scrubbed from any WEF uh, manuscripts in their website. So he's done something to piss off the right people, which is in and of itself highly entertaining because seeing uh, seeing anybody stand against the WEF is a good thing because fuck Klaus and uh, fuck owning nothing and being happy because I will own my home. I uh, Maybe I will eat bugs. Probably not. But um, that's a decision I'll make. Uh, anything goes well with butter. I mean, to be fair, I was you know, a vegetarian for forever, so if it comes down to it, I'll just eat Beyond Burgers. <sighs> which are... Eh, they're really not bad. And they poor, are poor actual vegetarian. food. Uh, they're, not, they're not terrible. Yeah, they, they really aren't. They are I, not burgers. I... No, they are not burgers. But they're not far off. So, you know, they're and they're also not impossible, which is GMO frankenfood, and you should never, ever, ever eat an impossible burger because it is not actual human foodstuffs. It is bioengineered calorie mass. Your stuff is delicious. I love my bioengineered foods. Mmm, delicious bioengineered calorie mass. So filling. Yes, indeed. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, indeed. Even better than cardboard. Yummy num. <sighs> yeah. Now. Yeah, we're starting to drift off into uh, other topics. Was there anything else you were wanting to cover? Because I've got a couple other little things I'd like to get into. And, of course, the very good news regarding the Second Amendment. Uh, no, I mean, uh, this was a fun week for the uh, Supreme Court. It was kind of like, my big thing was the bioethics thing. 
No, absolutely. Because, again, the only thing I can say to add to that is I've never seen as bad arguments made by anyone as I have seen the left make on this issue. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've seen... As a matter of fact, on Twitter specifically, I've seen a lot of people pulling out the uh, the rape and incest thing. It's like, well, what if a woman gets uh, raped or or a thing, or 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 what if she has one of those ectopic pregnancies? Well, for one, let's address the ectopic pregnancy first and foremost. They have a surgery to fix that. Well, not to mention the fact that an ectopic pregnancy is not viable. Yeah. Right. So, so you cannot perform an abortion. When it comes to an ectopic pregnancy, yes, a still a stillborn child is not alive. So you're just removing dead material if it, if you're doing what you might call a might right. Call exactly. There are there is a very big difference between terminating the life, which is the purpose of an abortion procedure, and. Uh, and all of these other things. But I think my favorite was the DOJ one. Did you see that? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the Pentagon, even specifically, as a matter of fact, yeah. has said that uh, they're not going to... They're just, they're just going to ignore this shit. Well, what they said is that uh, we uh, we are going to ignore any laws passed by the Supreme Court. And you're like, okay. And what laws were passed by the Supreme Court? You tell me. The only thing I could think of is that uh, basically what they're signaling is if they have a military base, uh, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. It's very quiet. Uh, if they have a military base in uh, in a state that doesn't have support for abortion, they will uh, just ignore it. Which, by the way, they're they're free to do so. They're federal. It's federal land. Um, so that's not like generally they try to comply with the state. But it's not mandatory that they do. Well, you know when uh, when you have a when you have a really uh, a really excellent fella like we do heading the navy. You know these kind of uh, decisions are the, the kind of thing you can expect. Well, it, it, it's not just that, right? Like I actually understand if the if the first off, I'm surprised they spoke without having already consulted their lawyer and, and like had a prepared statement. Right. Yeah. For the so, like, I, I that really surprises me because I'm sure their lawyers would have told them that's a stupid statement. Monumentally, though. So. That being said, I entirely understand where they're coming from because I am sure there are service women who get pregnant, and that would affect combat readiness. Right. Oh, of course. So. If you turn around and you were to talk about like having a base in one of these states that had restrictions on abortion, you could actually think about compromising the combat readiness of your female officers, of your, your entire unit, solely because one of them has sex. And, gets- and also, I'll make a note here that... Um- for military medical facilities, federal law only allows for abortions in the case of rape, incest, or when the woman's life is in danger. Right. Uh, I am. I am sure that that's what they're kind of trying to say. Is is basically instead of sitting there and saying about readiness issue, and therefore you know, 
we're not going to uh, to to follow that those laws because I think there's one state that had no exceptions. Mm, yeah, I think they had like a trigger law. I want to say Alabama. That it uh, was. It might have been Oklahoma, actually. Oh yeah, it might be. Well, either way, there's uh, that, and there's some other states that have uh, trigger laws that go into effect. That uh, if not ban it, take it down to a much lower time. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of different states that have a lot of, but I believe it was Oklahoma that chose to go like to that extreme. Yeah. No, I believe you're correct on that. Now, we also but have to remember, too, that Lloyd Austin was installed to destroy the American military. So, I mean, any decision that comes down from him is going to be made with the idea... Who is Lloyd Austin? Oh, he was installed as the head of the Department of Defense. Ah, okay. So, he, so I mean, he's a Biden pick. So, I mean, that, that means he was installed to ruin the organization he was, you know, put into head. Because... I you know, see. That, I mean, that's the way it is with a Biden pick. They, you know, you you put the person in that can do the most damage to the organization. I, I it it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I, I really, yeah, I'm surprised really that that was one of the bad arguments. I have seen the abortion or the uh, the rape incest thing, and the problem that you have is okay. Well, two, one, we have data, right, and the data says that that's very rare. That's not the principal cause. Well, and above and beyond that, too, in I actually want to say that even in those states where it's not covered, in those specific cases, it actually is. Well, that was uh, I can't remember who who was doing the presentation, but there was some woman who was um, presenting uh, her uh, abortion restriction bill, and she was up being interviewed at the Senate testimony. And one of the one of the Democrats came in and said, uh, you, "Your bill doesn't allow exceptions for these things." And she just turned around and said, "If we did put those exceptions in, would you vote for it?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watching the dude bucket square was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is really funny. I've seen what you're talking about, and he doesn't really have a good answer for that. No, it, it, he doesn't because he wanted a political talking point, and she countered it with pointing out basically that it's nothing more than a political talking point. It's not a you're not taking a principled stance. Right? Oh yeah. Far from it. So, that was a, a funny one. Oh, speaking of funny, I've got some really bad news. Okay. <sighs> Q's back. You is back? Yep. Ah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <sighs> How did that happen? Um, probably Ron Watkins or Jim Watkins uh, decided to reactivate their trip code and, you know, LARP as Q. Or someone else is LARPing as Q. Or, well, I guess I shouldn't say LARP. They're actually being Q because, you know, I mean... Uh, Q is always always funny. I, I remember people sitting there and saying, "Oh my god, I couldn't believe that people actually fell for it." Like that was stunning to me. Because because a a I, and I uh, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but these are Chan forums, right? 
uh, originally, uh, there's now like a Q place specifically, like their own chan or forum or some shit. I, I don't know. I haven't followed in fucking years. Really? Because I always, you know, I remember when it first came out, I was like, okay. Oh, originally, yeah, it was on, um, it was on 8chan, and then whatever, then it moved to 8kun, and then I, I don't know exactly what happened from there, because I just kind of stopped following, because this shit pissed me off. Well, it was, it was really funny watching boomers fall for it. I I will say this, I saved my dad from it. Thank fuck. Did you really? Yeah, he was like... Hey, Evan, have you heard about this Q thing? It's like, Dad, okay. Yes. It's bullshit that's full of a lot of things that aren't bullshit that are uh, tied together to just do the whole flat earth thing and the whole what UFOs used to be thing. So, like, yeah, they're blood-drinking vampires that that are in charge of this. It's like... No, they don't drink blood. Yes, they do want to live forever. Yeah, they do actually get blood transfusions from children. And yes, they do have ancient bloodlines that tie back to things that we don't know are true or not. And blah, da, 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 da. But then, you know, you've also got... And they're fucking reptilians. You motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. Ah, that's funny. So Q is back. Yeah. So we get to watch all of the cringe shit start all and But it does I sleep it does t- for five fucking minutes and <laughs> these motherfuckers come back. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Oh, you got here just in time. Yeah, Q's back, brother. I did. Great. <laughs> See, you suffer from Craigitis, and that's what happens. <sighs> I was I felt compelled and summoned. You felt, something in you the felt a disturbance. You, you, you in... felt compelled and summoned two hours late, motherfucker. I did. I was sleeping. I had an old man nap. Oh, I, you know, I, I decided to fast forward life for about an hour or two, and suddenly here I am ten hours later. Oh my god, I uh, I had that earlier this week. My, my mother was up in town uh, again. Uh-huh. We were going to go to a concert, and I was like halfway through... Like, A, I've been staying up a little bit too late because I got my PS5, and uh-huh. I love Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Probably more than I should. Um, but uh, I've been staying up late playing that and then uh, working on the bathroom stuff, which is actually what I'm working on now. Um, and between those two things... Oh, no, you don't. You sweet, sweet polymer goo. <laughs> trying to escape me. Now, this shit's like 60 bucks, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, I understand what you mean. Like, I'm not spilling Get a little dinky, little dinky Yeah, that shit adds can. up. Like, a three-gallon pail is like $180. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. So, I do have, uh, so, yeah, that's the bad news. I've got a piece of, actually, I've got a couple of pieces of good news. Uh, oh. we'll, um, we'll sandwich the, uh, the Uvalde update in, uh, in good news. So, uh, Arizona, uh, just, uh, the 24th, actually, so, as of recording, day before yesterday, they passed a bill that funds students and not systems. So, basically, all state monies that are assigned to, uh, oh, a, uh an individual, uh, 
not, but not directly. Like, uh, say, there are these calculations okay. that are done for how much money goes to an individual student throughout their um, educational right. career, we'll say. In this case, that money is going to be tied specifically to those students as opposed to uh, to a district or to a number. So and this might also help out with, like... Anywhere. This could also help out with stuff like seven-year seniors that need to get the fuck out of school. Certainly can. Is it? Is it? I'm talking about you? the high school varieties. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because. No, we're not doing that because it's a very <laughs> different. It's a very different scenario. Uh-huh. And I'm paying for it, motherfucker. Uh-huh. I'd be happy if someone else wanted to pay for it. But I'll but put the, a link the to the seven-year uh... seniors are very good on the track team. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Almost as good as uh, having a a man compete in uh, your women's swimming team. Almost. Oh, that was actually kind of cool. Did you guys cover? Was that last week? The Finra uh, ruling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really we funny. didn't cover that. Ah, uh, that's great news. And this, 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 ladies and gentlemen, is when the tide starts to turn. That's how you know, right? The first official organization has stepped up and said, "Yeah." <laughs> We can't deny reality. (laughs) Like, it's good that you politically believe this, but there's an aspect of reality. We're going to have to actually, you know, not ignore it. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, So the the FINRA, for those who don't know, FINRA is the international, like, swimming organization uh, for women's sports, or for maybe all (laughs) swimming sports, which, you know interesting in and of it now uh, in and of itself that there's an international organization for it um but they they determined that trans athletes in swimming are not uh well actually they didn't they say might have an advantage <laughs> they they did decide that there might be a small advantage they actually did not turn around and uh, limit it to trans athletes or anything like that it's actually beautiful the way they did it they said that if you go through male if you if you went through uh, if you went through puberty before the uh, uh, after the age of twelve, or if you transitioned after the age of twelve, or something like that, um, but if you went through, basically, if you went through male puberty, you cannot compete in the women's swim leagues. And the great part about that is, it uh, by sitting there and setting it as a specific date, um, it kind of prevents the whole issue at all. Because uh, there's not a lot of people who are going to be able to to go through and transition their child before the age. There are some psychotic parents, though. There are. There are. Try it. There are. There are. There's quite a few uh, cases of uh, Munchausen's by proxy. I'm going to wager. Let me me rephrase that. There are some psychotic Californian parents that are going to be trying that. But what we, uh, what we what you actually missed out on was uh, we were talking a little bit about bioethics because that's kind of what's uh, going on with Roe v. Wade. And it comes mm-hmm. up again here, too. This is one of the things when we start talking about this. These are the decisions. Uh, transitioning children, for instance, is a perfect yeah. example of why we can't make these decisions on an individual-by-individual basis. That some things have to be decided by society as a whole. Now, as a libertarian, I'm generally in the... Uh, society should decide as little as possible. However, oh, yeah. as soon as you start talking about 
how do we handle these individuals who don't have the cognitive faculties or ability well, to advocate for themselves? That's when society has to step in. And so I, I do have to say this, though, when it comes to this stuff, and this is the only real pushback you get from me on it. Um, I mean, and this concerns bioethics, and I think in a manner that we've already kind of decided upon as a society, that is important. Uh, and that is still case by case. And it's, off, it's often a dumb argument brought up by people who advocate transitioning children uh, is precocious puberty. You know, should we prevent people from getting puberty blockers then? No. Uh, doctors should have the ability to prescribe puberty blockers to children who really do need it. And it's not every child who goes through puberty early that needs them. It's the ones that have severe endocrine disruptions because of it. And this is something that is borne out in the office notes. You can, you know, whenever it comes up on a panel or a board, they go through it and it's very clear. Child has major problems here, here, and here should delay puberty until here in order to allow body to adjust and so on. You know, their entire puberty is managed uh, with drugs at that point. It's not just, oh, they delayed it a couple of years and they took them off of it. That's one of the things they really missed out on in the nuance when they make the argument for puberty blockers. It's like, it, this is not like pressing a pause button. Oh, no, no it's not. No, it's, it's not. It's um, absolutely not. Yeah, that's. this is actually something we discussed uh, at some depth a few weeks ago and oh, yes. and necessarily so because and it's worth going over again that uh, these many uh well, not many I should say when a man gets his uh like tubes tied basically that is largely reversible but many of these sure. puberty blockers and other things are well, the utterly thing. Is not reversible. irreversible. Yeah, that's that's it. It's like you've lost time in the growth of this human. And here's the other thing. It all happens so so when people get to adulthood, a lot of your life becomes more static. I mean, there's obviously this more significant dynamics going on, but a lot of your your biological processes for a while kind of slow down to a point where you're not going to notice major changes over time. You're not going to notice major social changes as often. Your entire right. upbringing is a major social, physical change in your body. But your, your brain is developing, your social development is happening. If you fuck up your social development in the middle of that by saying, oh, I'm going to swap over to this side now, and later on I can swap back and there won't be any issues, you can't go back 10 years and redo your social development from that point. It's just not possible. Nope. And then when it comes to the physical side of things, you can't just go back and do your physical development from 10 years ago. It just doesn't happen that way. Your body has already gotten to the point where it's matured certain parts of it. You don't just pick back up with puberty and then complete it as normal. Yeah. It's and the just, thing about that is a fallacy. Just to add to that point, because this is, specifically one of the areas that I am constantly researching, you can't really turn that back, even with the most cutting edge of technologies. And no. we can do some very amazing things with people, age, and reversing age-related debilitating illnesses and other problems. Like, we can, today, with extant technology, you can literally roll back your clock. But you can't go back before puberty. You can't go through puberty again. There is nothing, not even the most advanced techniques and technologies we have today, that can well, put and, you through and, a second and, puberty. And let's let's be very clear. When we start talking about things like life extension and immortality research and yada, 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 which is going on, right? It is not, it is not a case of 
um, it's not a case of actually reversing the clock. It just gives you back, uh, you know, abilities or performance that you'd lost, right? So you don't like you don't gain back time. Yeah, we're we're not resetting your age here. I mean, right? By uh, by nature of biological measure, sure, but not actually. Yeah. Well, so here's here's the other things. There's there's two major things that we can also talk about with puberty block kind of thing. And keep in mind that's usually in uh, in tandem with hormone replacement therapies, um, at least later on, if not if not pretty soon after. Um, bones become brittle. That's a major thing that is well known, and you also sterilize your kid. Yeah, the sterilizing the kid is where I draw the line, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's and, kind of and, a big, big deal right there. And the like, bone thing happens the rest of your life, too. It's not like, oh, I, you can kind of recover from it after the puberty blockers go away, and like, you know, five or ten years later, your bones go back to normal density. It's like, no, you thinned them out uh, by fucking up their growth to begin with. And they I try mean, to regain growth, and then they, they don't grow right, and then they break more easily. That's how it works. I'm not, I'm not saying that the bone density isn't a permanent thing. I'm saying that that's less of a less of an oh, issue. Oh, it's less right? of an issue than sterilization, sure. Right. Like from when it comes to when it comes to ethical quandaries, uh, the <laughs> fact that you uh, they're both actively causing harm. They are actively causing <laughs> harm. However, it's, however, it's a bad uh, <laughs> I would I would like actually this. argue you can't even have the sex to have a kid later on if your pelvis breaks every time. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> I don't a, think it's that bad, concern. is it? I, it, well, that's that's in the spectrum of severity. Let's just put it like that. It's, it's a possibility. It, it's now a question that you have to ask yourself. Am well, I, I mean, gonna, am the, I gonna the, break the better, my pelvis? The better, <laughs> the better point is, uh, you know, what's the point of sex if you don't get an orgasm? That's another thing. I mean, that, that'd be one kind of, that, you know, if you're a masochist, I suppose that'd be kind of bliss, wouldn't it? But uh, <laughs> I guess, Jeez. <laughs> that's really bad, though. Yeah, I, 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 I laugh out of gallows humor here. This is really fucking dark. It it, it is, and, and but this goes back. So so what we were talking about before you you uh, decided to wake up, Craig, um, yes. is we were talking about the Roe v. Wade stuff and how it's kind of a bioethics issue. And I think it's glorious as as a whole. I, it, I hope that is. you guys would have had your Schadenfreude moment there. Your uh, your your comeuppance on that one. Ability uh, to come around and, so and laugh. I mean, universally. Uh... I really yeah, haven't. I've been. been having fun talking. I to will people, say sure. I haven't been. I haven't been. I haven't been a dick about it to anybody. Really, I. I don't really feel the need. I haven't been that much of a dick about it, but I, I've been a dick about it. Yes. Now that said, I, I mean, have it's, enjoyed. It's the like salt. your baseline, though. Yeah, I know. There's there is much salt to be enjoyed these days. I, I the the thing is that the mines like, are for open. Me, they are. For me, I I think that there's a lot of people who. Uh, who don't a understand how the law works, b don't understand why it was overturned. Um, <laughs> like they see it as a as solely as a political ruling, and that's obviously yeah. that's that's woefully not cor- that's very much not correct. Ruth Bader Ginsburg hated that case. She hated that that uh, she absolutely hated it. It's because it was. It was the shakiest foundations upon which it was built. It, it was. She knew. It, it, she knew it would collapse the moment someone challenged it. Well, that's, that's why every and it was single time challenged. That's why every single time there's been a judge that was going up for a Supreme Court seat, at least in my lifetime, 
has been asked about Roe v. Wade and whether they'd up or keep it and hold. My it. favorite part about all like, that, if you're asking those judges, you should probably actually go past the fucking law. Right. So here's the funny thing: is is they asked the judges, and the judges would say, "Well, this is you know considered settled law, etc." What they didn't ask them was, "How would you attack this in the courtroom right. as a lawyer?" Which is what they should have asked. Yeah. And and again, because they're judges, and they're asking about hypotheticals, which they can't do. Yeah. They can't. If you're going to ask somebody background. who's actually qualified to take up that position to answer a question legally, they will. They will so give you I a fine. Is, they keep saying that they lied. They keep saying that they lied, and it's like no, none of them lied. Not a single one of the people who was on that bench lied about the fact uh, that they would consider it as settled law. Because it was considered as settled law. The problem was the parts of it that were considered in the case were not settled law. Because there was no law for it. There's no legal precedent. It was it, it was it was well, clearly that, something new that was coming through that they had to consider in context properly. And it turns out, hey, there's no constitutional basis. That means it needs to go away. Now, uh, I, I've read some of the ruling, but would anybody uh... – I haven't read what the original case was about. Does anybody want to clarify for me and and uh, whoever you know? The... Oh, I'd have to read up on it again to give you like details and all. But there was some there was some law in in what was it Missouri um, or whatever the fuck it was. Basically, um, there was an anti-abortion law that got challenged by a clinic and it didn't work. Ah, well, you I'm know, here's the constitutional here's the basis for yeah. The, the the lesson to be learned here, and that's that's kind of what I thought it was, was it was a left wing broad case, right? That's, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, Texas, um, by the way, is the original road Texas. Case. Okay. The oh, well, the inherent yeah, problem okay. that the left has has uh, has never really un- had to face the consequence of is when you choose to go and bring these things to court. Sometimes you're kind of loose, and the sometimes. Best part is- I'm sorry. And sometimes you're going to lose more than um, you were originally hoping to gain. Well, so they were on, they were high on the fact that they had just been able to pass in New York's, um, in the New York Supreme Court, uh, abortion up until birth with cheering pink hat retards in the rafters. So, of course, they're going to challenge everywhere they can any and all uh, attempts to corral that behavior. Because, again, it all comes down to the fact that they broke a major promise um, in the political spectrum there of the left, broke the, the promise of safe, legal, and rare. It, they absolutely, it absolutely has been broken. The, uh, the radical elements took over and said, okay, well, rare means anytime I want, all times of the day, at all times, yep. ever, uh, up until birth, including if the baby's already screaming halfway out. Indeed. It's like, well, that's just fucking murder. Um, or you can call it euthanasia or killing whatever you want. It, it's it's definitely ending a human life. It is. And again, we've talked about this before. And one of the major hangups is that our technology is so good at this point that oftentimes, and you know, oftentimes people are getting abortions before viability. We can we can be okay with that. Like you know, just to sell, yep. say as a as a moral quandary, we can say okay, a gray area ends in there somewhere. But when you get to twenty weeks. And oftentimes earlier than 20 weeks these days. The difference between abortion and birth is whether or not you give a shit about the baby after you take it out of the womb. Or whether or not you cut it up before you take it out. Like, it literally is is a viable human at that point. 
mean, it's not a great idea to take it out at that point, but it is still live. It's still living. It's capable of living longer. We're just not taking care of it. And the fact that like it, I'd be I'd be more okay with people saying, okay, well, you have to deliver at twenty weeks if you want the abortion at twenty weeks, and then you never get to see the child again. And that, but it gets to live somewhere. That's better than let's just well, let it die on the table. And then ultimately, use its parts. ultimately, my uh, my stance, and this is what I was talking about earlier. My stance has always been viability. That's that's where I like. I actually agree with Casey because that was the the point that Casey mm-hmm. brought up, and I think that that's a very yeah. good good point. Um, ethically, it's it's dubious, right? And I'll I'll wholeheartedly right. say that, but it also provides the opportunity to, through research and investment in technology by people who are morally concerned about it to sure. uh, move the needle, if you will. And right. uh, A, we'd get really cool tech out of it. And B, we'd, uh, we'd also sit there and have, uh, have that like kind of solved there. The problem is that that's not, that, again, that's not really what we've been doing. And so, you know, even though I was pro-abortion at one time, I can still see that there is a a very solid question on, uh, and it's an ontological question of when do we give a damn and why do we give a damn, right? What is what is the point of human life and protecting a human life, and when do we when do we decide that something is human and is is not? Because you know we. I was thinking about other case law, right? And there's a bunch of other stuff here that fits this gray area, right? So, for instance, a uh, a woman who was a vegetable uh, was uh, someone had sex with her while she was in a coma, right? She got pregnant, child came out. That person um, got fired. Is that rape? And is that uh, rape? I actually, I th- oh, I remember that case. Uh, let me look it up. I believe I believe it was treated as rape. And it, it, you know, so if we treat something like that as rape, like if all of these these pink-hatted individuals want to argue about how it's not viable and it's not a human, well, what about a fucking vegetable? Right? It was a human. Now it's a vegetable. Good God. That came up with way too many results. This has happened way the fuck too oh, many yeah, times. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not oh, yeah, a one-off happens. thing. Oh, wow. Okay. No, it's, it's disturbing. Yeah, I, was, I was looking for a specific case. Fuck me. There's pages. Yeah, there, yeah. there are. It, it's not, are it's not uncommon. It's really, so, really not uncommon. So here's the funny thing. It, uh, I also saw uh, there's a different line of, of thought on the um, Or I guess I should say Roby it's not rare. Yeah, it's it's uncommon. It's, it's it's not that common, but it's it's definitely it happens. I mean, it's common that enough too. that I've got a listing from June of 2022. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So, so the um, one thing people can, like consider on this. Oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought on that one. Uh, well, so uh, the the um, one thing people hadn't considered on this was the the backswing issue with these trigger laws. Um, the pendulum swung far, far uh, past where it should have. Oh sure. Uh, and this was the this was the risk that was going to happen. Yep. And, you know, you try to warn these people, but these motherfuckers keep tearing shit like, you know, abortion at birth, uh, at, at full term, um, because the mom doesn't feel like it. 
And now you have restrictions like in uh, in Missouri and uh, in, in other states where um, you can uh, no longer get an abortion unless it's an actual medical emergency. So not even medical necessity, but a fucking emergency needs to happen. So even if you see uh, an emergency on the horizon, you have to wait till it's happening in order to get rid of the problem. You know, it could be that the fetus is going to kill the mother, period. You, you know it's going to happen. It ain't going to happen for like three months. You, you have go to in wait there, until the mother's dying. You do an x-ray, you see that the thing has a football-shaped head, and you know where this is going. <laughs> like, you know, you see like seven arms, football-shaped head, fangs, you know, one oh, bat I was, wing. Oh, I was going for a stupid Going for a stupid I'm going. I'm going for the. It's going to kill the mother reference here. Like ah, not after birth, but like during enough. birth or before it. I mean, like, so honestly, so, if we did an X-ray and I saw like if I had a kid, right, my wife was pregnant, and they did an X-ray and it showed like a tail, hooves, and uh, and fucking horns, I'd be like, yeah, motherfucker, let's roll. Right. <laughs> Why am I not surprised by that? But you see, would you say that if it meant that you had to be without your wife at the end? Ah. See, I'm pretty sure that I That's could go to call. the Church of Satan and get as much money as I wanted. <laughs> and yeah, with but, money, yeah, all things supposing are that the, Suppose that the money didn't solve the problem, though. Suppose the money didn't actually oh. like convince the devil to keep your wife alive at the end. So I have to <laughs> choose between attempting to murder an immortal god right. or... Ooh, ooh. Well, this is starting to sound like the plot of a Final Fantasy game. What, this is this is, is a fantastic trolley problem right now. Yeah, like so. So I have an immortal god who rules the underworld that I'm probably going to end up in, and I have to kill him <laughs> and face the consequences. Well, only his corporeal form. In in order for uh, to to keep my wife alive. Ooh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, only let's his see. Which is in my long term. I think my long-term self-interest is to <laughs> is to uh, to say, yeah, no, no, sorry, honey, you're off, you go. <laughs> no, that's I mean, fair. I mean, that's, I, I mean, I have, honest, I have I mean, nine put months me in with the you. I have I, eternity I'm, with him. I I might try to kill the devil. Just say, but you know, that's me. But again, you're only going to get rid of his corporeal form. I, I'm not that's seeing exactly how this right. is a big deal for the devil either, because he just come back in another one. Hmm. Yeah, but you're 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 gonna have to deal with that consequence. Yeah, it's just like okay, I wanted to spend a little more time with her. It's like I get to spend eternity with you, bruv. Look, put on football. Hmm. (laughs) Well, Uh, since we're on the topic of the devil, we can go ahead and get into the uh, bad news shit sandwich part of the thing here. Well, no, I was just gonna say there that the end of this, the, the 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 thing is. The, the pendulum swing has has happened in these in several states where um, you now have to have an actual medical emergency and rape and incest are no longer mentioned in these laws and the yep. three things that people were always okay with that the vast majority of the country is okay with I would say ninety five percent of the country would be on your side if you had one of these three problems is rape incest and a medical uh, a, a medical necessity not an emergency but a necessity so. The fact that it has been pushed all the way back, that ratchet's been dialed all the way up to medical emergency in these states, is a problem. That The carve-out has to be made for these three major categories, 
uh, I mean, the thing everyone's upset about is elective procedures. We, that that is greater than ninety six percent of cases for for uh, an abortion well, is and elective that's procedures. The, that's exactly that's the why, part everyone's upset about. That's exactly why whenever you see these people go, what about all, what about uh, all of these other things? You go, well, I hear what you're saying. Those sound like perfectly good, perfectly good exceptions <laughs> to the law, but you know, exceptions. <laughs> those are still exceptions. That's not a valid <laughs> not reason to not have a law. That's a valid reason to say, hey, except for. And so the, the the political side of this was the other thing I wanted to talk about, and then I'm done. And that is that all the this this mass exodus to do shit like turn Texas purple, you know, all that stuff. Uh, all the all the rats leaving the ship over in California that are trying to, to spread their disease across the rest of the country. Uh, they're all gonna go home. And it's gonna be fucking hilarious because mm, now yeah, you don't want to move to a red state because oh god, what happens if I have a kid? I'd have to fucking raise it. Well, <laughs> it's like it'll okay, be, so it'll be uh, interesting. So a self-correcting problem, in a way. Potentially, potentially, they either have to raise a kid in a red state properly, or they'd have to get their ass homes so they can kill it. Hmm. I mean, ultimately, you know, when it comes to like the the mass migration out of blue states and into red states i think um i think that that is gonna continue happening i don't think that that's the predominant well, cause there oh yeah I'm there's there's people that are just uh i mean they're being crushed in california and as as much as they're gonna have to hold their nose I mean, I don't know if people are going to hold their nose though right like i I think the problem that you have is that there is yeah, a general awakening. I think that there is a general awakening to the realities of these laws, rules, and regulations, right? Um, so I think that right now there are a lot of people who are kind of waking up to, well, it seems that all of these things are crushing my ability to get any work done. They're crushing my ability to function in this society, like I think that the, that that like zeitgeist is occurring, and I'm not saying that there aren't people who would bring that stuff with them, right? There are stupid people. There's always stupid people. You can always count on that. True. Yeah. Um, but I I do think a lot of the people who are moving, specifically because of California laws, knowing that California is a blue state, advocates how blue it is. Like I think that there's there's probably some general awareness that this is a problem or that that rule set is a problem. I sincerely hope so. Because it's a fucking problem. It really, really, really is. And, you know, if this cancer, you know, excises, wait, no, uh, spreads. I can't remember the word for spread. Metastasize. Metastasize. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, we gotta stop this cancer uh, metastasizing. But on that note, we have uh, we have some good news. Anti-cancer uh, time. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> we kind of have good Don't news. Don't fucking get my hopes up like that. Uh, kill them. Ah, damn it! Where did it go? Stop! Stop this. aborting my hope mid-delivery here. 
Yeah, there was something. Ah, okay. The uh, House has recently passed legislation to create a new health agency focused on accelerating biomedical innovation in order to find new ways to detect and treat diseases like cancer. Yeah, I'm certain I know exactly who that's going to impact. And it ain't going to be normal people. It's going to be the fuckers that keep sitting in the house. You know it. Yeah, so this is going to be helping oh, we out. We got this fantastic, uh, this, this fantastic new treatment. Only the, only the only people who can afford it are the ones siphoning life off of your tax dollars. Yep. To be, to be fair, to. I think uh, I think a lot of this actually has to do with the, the costs associated with Medicare and Medicaid. Um, yeah. I remember a presentation not too long ago that, of course, you know, you you, you watch the one guy who decided to do a budget presentation in Congress. And nobody mm-hmm. shows up for that one. Yeah. Right? Um, and basically <laughs> his argument was that that uh, Medicare and Medicaid are unsustainable. And un- <laughs> unfortunately, like, you know, when we start talking, he, he basically said that as soon as you start talking about the taxes required to sustain them, it would completely gut the American economy. So that's not viable. Right? So ending Never the Medicare program, for all. This is without Medicare for all, too. That's without Medicare for all. This is solely on the um, Medicare in its current state, right? Um, <laughs> so basically, any updates. <laughs> he turned around and he he, uh, he he did his presentation, and the conclusion of the presentation was the only way out of the mess is biotech innovation. Like, yeah. that's basically what they need to spend their money on because they need to make – uh, the United States government, in order for the United States government to stay fiscally solvent, needs to pay for innovations that reduce the cost of treatment and care and all of this other stuff. And that was uh, one of the things that they wanted. He specifically said is one of the most expensive things is uh, diabetes. Um, yeah, most expensive. Diabetes is the most expensive and it should be like the, he. You know, what was well, it? there's he, a quick fix for diabetes in this country, since most of it is is uh, develop, is, is acquired type two, um, and that is to stop giving people so much food. It's actually quite cheap. You just you just starve everybody. <laughs> Raising taxes might actually do that. Well, you know, we have Biden inflation, <laughs> and they're working real hard. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> this has all been a, this has all been a plan to stabilize Medicare the whole time. Well, I mean, let's be fair. We are at a place in time in medicine where diabetes type two remission is a thing. Yeah, it, it is. can be done. It's very often. Uh, it's it's very it's very common. The problem is usually it comes right back when someone decides to put the fork back up. Yep, I had uh, I had a buddy of mine at work. He uh, he turned around and you know he's like, oh my god, I got to get my numbers down, otherwise I'm going to be diabetic. And he worked at he was diligent, man. Like, I've got, basically, we have, we have a mini devil, and, uh, and he's a, he's a good friend of mine, but he's a mini devil when it comes to, like, diet, exercise, <laughs> and food. So, uh-huh. I try to do a lunch walk when I can, when it's nice out, uh, to yeah. try to, because it's about, like, we have a hill, so you walk up and down the hill, and it's about 300 calories. That's how much okay. it, it costs, right? It, it's not, it's not, you know, world shattering. But it's a hill. Level. It's, it's like a nice leisurely walk. Yeah, and it gets your ass outside. It's nice. It gets my ass outside, uh, and so I try to bring my friend along with me, and uh, he <laughs> no. he used to go, he used to go, but Motivation then this other kid, siphon. this other kid would come in and be like, "Hey, why don't we go out for lunch?" And he does it every day. So, <laughs> mm. 
uh, my friend did do the lunch walks pretty regularly after he met with his doctor and his doctor said you need to stop being a fat ass um, and and you know like not eat carbs eat eat lettuce and salad and yeah yummy yummy things that aren't delicious and he did it he did it for a really good long time like I was honestly impressed because here I am trying uh, not because of fear of what the doctors are telling me but because of fear of what the doctors could tell me in the future plus you actually you feel a lot better when you lose weight you, you really do like right makes a massive difference oh, yeah. is better everything's better yeah your whole life um, is better when you weigh less yeah I can attest like, to this like uh well, aside from the fact that I don't have depression anymore, like everything is just easier at uh, seventy pounds less. Everything. But the uh, yeah, my my little the little devil friend has attracted him back, and that he he actually like his numbers came back good and everything, so he relaxed a little bit in terms of his discipline, and all of a sudden all of the gains disappeared. All of them crazy yeah yeah that's you that's the other part you can't outrun your fork boys and girls you can't outrun your fork you have to um don't diet have a diet because dieting is uh stupid and temporary and it's always going to be that way yeah you make a lifestyle change or you make a lifelong change yeah i mean to be completely honest I eat whatever I want, but whatever I want is from a fairly smaller list than your average American. Listen, well, you know, portion have size French is also important. Bacon. I see French I, fries I and can bacon, eat bacon are definitely on my list. But the problem with French fries is more often than not they're going to be fried in soy oil. So Ah yes. Or yes. in vegetable oil. See, Which this is, is why a, you bake your fries. This is why you bake fries, and then you put Mexican uh, Mexican four cheese and bacon on top of that. Make ah, your own cheese yes. fries. Yeah, that sounds like a good diet food. You get all the goddamn grease you want, but you don't have to worry about well, the Well, actually, oil. that... Um, oh, wait, no, that's not keto. <laughs> that's anti-keto. It's fucking potatoes. Yeah. It's fucking delicious is what it is. Yeah, yeah. but keto, keto is a, a weight average function, right? So you... Uh, as long as you put enough bacon and cheese on your potatoes, the carbs don't count. I kind of think it's not quite like that. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I guess if there was enough bacon and, you know, you took your time with it, I guess. I mean, you could make it work. It would be uh, difficult and very bacony, but I mean, you, yep. you could do it. With bacon enough bacon and, and cheese, cheese, I guess. You, I guess, yeah. <laughs> bacon and cheese can solve any keto problem if you're willing to go to uh, the right <laughs> levels and proportions. Yeah, I, you know, it's been a while since I've done keto. I actually really liked it. It's just really hard. It's a really, really, really hard. You see, I guess like I naturally fell into it when I was playing a sport in college. Because like, we were running... We were all running ragged the whole fucking time, and you just go home and wolf down food. It didn't matter how many carbs you threw into your face. You're pretty much always ketogenic because you're just out there destroying all of them as soon as you got them in you. 
Oh, I don't yeah. know if that's when, necessary ketogenic or just the fact that you're burning calories. No, like no, actually, that's that's uh, that's it's known as keto. modified keto. Oh, there you go. So, so like because the actual I, state of ketogenesis, um, you're going to have to be very, very low in sugars for your body. You've got to be hammering the field though in order to get that shit to happen. But you can it's definitely not, tell because you got fruit breath the whole time. You're definitely putting out acetone. Yeah, oh, and 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 so it's it's what's known as modified keto, and it is legitimately for um like high performance athletes i so i did it i did it uh unintentionally before i really like researched keto mm-hmm. uh in 2014 when they sent me out to erw school or engineer yeah. radiological work school which is my qualification um out in idaho and so after two weeks of no pussy um <laughs> There is a, a negative consequence to that. So I told my wife, you know, very, very early on in the dating that, like, sex is a necessary thing. And it really is. Like, I can't – I lose higher-order functions if I don't get laid on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, like, you just start to build up rage. Huh. <laughs> so so for me, it's, you know, sex is, is the means by which I can have a nice discussion with you boys about – you know, intellectual things and science and math. And if that doesn't uh-huh. happen, I want to go murder everyone all the time, nonstop. You know, uh, it's but, really sad that I just got this recent example from my childhood to come back for this little joke. But if you remember the movie We're Back, sex is like your brain green cereal. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I... Good. I'm glad you don't get that reference. I, am, I feel old now. and That's awesome. Like, vaguely, vaguely, <laughs> but only because of the movie title, really. Yeah, the dinosaurs had a cereal that made the that gave them higher order brain function. Oh, was what was this? What, what was it's called? The... We're back. Oh, that was Man. a cartoon, wasn't it? It was a cartoon movie. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw that once as a child and haven't since. Yeah. Other than maybe <laughs> somebody posting about it, <laughs> it's legitimately, a, legitimately a fucking old movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so we've covered... We've got off into a whole bunch of different tangents. Oh, yeah. But uh, I was uh, wanting to... Oh, yeah, to, so, uh, so, sorry, yeah? let me just finish the uh, the thing. Cause oh, yeah, go for it, man, go for it. Sure. So, so uh, when what I what I ended up doing, the only, the only real solution if you're uh, raging out with a shitload of testosterone, because you haven't had pussy in a week, in a few weeks, is um, work out, right? So if you work out to the point of being in constant physical pain, you aren't really motivated to be aggressive. And so um, I would go and do hardcore weight lifts. Um, It was kind of a, it was a specific like weight training thing, but I was at the maximum load that I could carry. And when I was doing that, um, the amount of calories that I burned in the hour that I would do that for, plus hiking and stuff on the weekend, you'd end up consuming all the carbs that you eat. Okay. Go ahead. No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 That's reasonable. I've. Uh, I don't know if I've ever actually uh, worked myself quite to that point, but I have gotten myself into ketosis. But that was like ages ago, and that was yeah. largely based more on uh, diet than. It, it is diet easier. Exercise. Diet is uh, is definitely the easier way to go. You have to do a lot of exercise, yeah. and you still like most of the time you still have to be doing like 
limitations on total amount of carbs. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Intaken. So like, so when I was doing this in undergrad, I would like get back from a multi-hour practice and eat an entire fucking pizza, and then pass out, and then my next days I would have because the way my days were going, I basically would would more or less eat dinner. That was kind of the thing. So I, my next set of my next uh, round of food would be the next night. So doing you know, six practices, ten practices a week, and then getting home at night and wolfing down a pizza like that is it's base it's simply not enough calories to uh, carry you over. So you're you start doing uh, um, uh, catabolic metabolism and you go ketogenic. Doesn't matter how many carbs you throw in if you're below your calorie limit. You're dumping out like twice the calories you take in. Yeah. Yeah, burning them as fast as they come in. Exactly. Oh, sure. All right. So, the bad news part of the sandwich. The Uvaldi update. The yeah. shit in the middle. Probably should have uh, gotten to this earlier, but eh, it is what it is. So, uh, we'll start with the good news. Eh. The uh, district uh-huh. police chief out of Uvalde has finally been put on leave. This is as of three days ago. Good. Fuck him. Hope he dies. Me too. Me too. As of the 23rd, it took them that fucking long to put this guy out of charge of these things. 19 kids died under his watch. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He's... Uh, the, the level of failure here is... Above and beyond monumental. Like, to the point because that of his it, direction. That's the thing I have. That's what I'm upset with. If it was by accident, I'd be like, oh, it sucks. He has to live with that for the rest of his life. Nope. This is your fault, fucker. You know what I said? Everyone stay outside. Fuck yeah. You. Yeah. It, yeah. It was his call that uh, made. Hmm, that's not an accurate statement. He was the voice on the ground of whoever said not to go in. I mean, he could have at any time just said, I'm not listening to you. We're going in. Because as we have since learned, surveillance video from inside the school shows that they never even attempted to open that door, which we have since learned was actually unlocked. There was never, not even from our rogue cop friend, (laughs) there was never an attempt to get keys because they didn't need them. The door was unlocked and could not be locked. From the inside. That makes it so much worse. What you have is is a case of people who want to play hero, um, but don't want to actually like take the risks associated with being a hero. Indeed, indeed. Specifically, uh, we went over this one uh, last week uh, that um, there was an officer who had a shot and didn't take it. Had a shot with. An AR-style rifle. And didn't take it. Yeah. Mm. Now, uh, above and beyond that, too, uh, we have a uh, new uh, legal fun thing coming out of New York. That's going to be a uh, body armor ban, which, of course, wouldn't do a goddamn thing to either Buffalo Bill or the Azov shooter out of Buffalo itself. Because um, their new bill bans... Soft armor, not plate carriers. There is no... 
I don't oh think God. there's any soft armor available that actually does protect against any rifle round. So what they're uh, proposing to do? Uh, is you could wear a fuck ton of Kevlar. True, <laughs> and <laughs> you could surround it's... yourself like, like take yourself, like take a take normal pillows and pack them with Kevlar and tape them around you. Yeah, you're gonna need and a that still lot be enough, of layers, but... like lots and lots and lots of layers. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm pretty sure. Don't you need the uh, like the scale mail systems and? Well, yeah. no, you can do it with Kevlar. It's just that you need a lot of layers of Kevlar. You need like you need like several, you need a couple feet of Kevlar. <laughs> yeah, you need mini vests to stop a uh, an actual penetrating round with soft armor. The, I now I can't account. And it's not for... that soft at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it really isn't. Now I can't. To be fair, there are some highly cutting edge things in ultra high weight molecular, uh, ultra high molecular weight polyethylenes. Like uh, no. Spectra's, Dyneema's, or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And there is a soft ballistic that they say can stop M855s. I am incredulous, and it probably it. requires a pretty high layer count. And that's but still again, just M855. That's, that's again, a 556 round. These are not plate carriers. That's the plate carrier. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, that's... Guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole other fucking thing that isn't even covered by these uh, hastily enacted laws because these people are absolutely idiots. Yeah, they, they, you know, these, should, these are people that like the same way. I wouldn't expect like a sheltered gay guy to be in charge of regulating pussy management. You know, like how many times you can get a pap smear in a year before your Medicare runs out. I wouldn't expect that to be a thing because they wouldn't have any fucking experience with it. The same way, <laughs> this one. These people have never been around a fucking gun that wasn't on a wasn't on some like secret service guy. <laughs> yeah, or they were they just never, holding it up to show like, you the shoulder thing that goes up. I never actually like handled one in, in their life. They have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. They haven't actually had to wear body armor before. They have no idea you know, what the fuck they're talking about. I mean, I I will say that like I'm not a I'm not a huge gun person. It's not it's not that I'm opposed to them. It's just. Uh, not but you really. can understand the logic right. of banning something that was never used, oh, and then true. never ban- not banning a thing that was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, two, as well, we've seen how well these bands these bands work. You know, it's yeah, uh, <laughs> well. How about San Bernardino a few years ago? Well, we've got mm-hmm. uh, California that's got some of the strictest human rights control laws on the books, and actually. That uh, man and husband and wife terror team, they uh, they used Cali legal mags, mm-hmm. and they had Cali legal guns, and it did nothing, absolutely oh, nothing. And there's more. There is more still on Uvalde. So we uh, we learned that uh, these police they were 100 percent swatted out. They didn't have riot shields that were uh, polycarbonate. They had act, there was an actual ballistic shield that would have taken a shot from an AP round, and they were crunched up behind it. Didn't try to open up the the door. Didn't do anything. As a matter of fact, if you're uh, watching the feed right now, I will have it up as uh, the Red State article that's got all this information mm-hmm. in it. But if you're uh, watching the feed right now, then you can directly see it. That uh, the image right there. We've got a guy. We've got a bunch of guys. With ARs, much like uh, Buffalo Bill there, 
and uh, one of them sitting behind a ballistic shield. You can look at the fucking thing. It's like three fucking inches thick. It'll take a shot. And, uh, yeah, they did nothing. They stood outside for uh, 58 minutes while the children, while there was a girl inside that called 911 multiple times. It wasn't just multiple, though. It was like tens of times, wasn't it? I, I To be fair, I don't know. Was it like every specific. few minutes? So, uh, did it, I'm assuming you guys both managed to watch uh, watch What is a Woman? <sighs> to be fair, I've been completely too busy to do so. Oh. Although I have caught, I've okay. I basically caught it, I, so I I know what's up with that. Well, the 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 point that I was going yes. for was the uh, the that you need like the Daily Wire subscription to do it. So I, I watched no, it. I canceled mine. <laughs> now, I, I thankfully uh, was just given a link to like uh, to an Odyssey stream or to an oh, Odyssey really? video or whatever. Yeah, I, I I thought I posted it in here for you guys. Oh, you may you may have. I uh, I ended up but paying yeah. the I I don't I don't mind paying content creators to actually create content. Um, yeah. No, that's fair. No, I would have so, paid for it as well like, you if should. I didn't have to do a fucking subscription. I I canceled my subscription. All but right. I would I would pay for it now if there was like a standalone. I would definitely pay for it now because I do want to like give something to the creator. Well, you know that would be great. Uh, I remember them arguing, "Oh, you know, people don't want to pay for content." Yada yada yada. You know, try before buy, man. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Um, but I did. I did sit there and pick up the subscription for a month because fourteen bucks is, uh, you know, I figured that was worth it. That's reasonable, right? That was that's that's the monthly cost for the Daily Wire shit, yeah. and that covers the uh, the the documentary. And I, I would have paid fourteen bucks to see that anyways. It was also very very good. But I watched some of the other stuff that they had on there, and they had a, uh, a what is it? Run hide fight. I've heard so, that's pretty so good. It actually is. It's really good. Like, so I watched, uh, you know, it's Daily Wire content, right? So these are kind of things that you expect to be B-movies, and you're not disappointed, right? Like, I am not upset with uh, with what what I saw for, for content in most of these things. Like, I saw the Gino Carano thing. Um, that was meh, you know. Um, uh, but Run, Hide, Fight was actually very good. Like that would be probably a solid thing that that would have played well in theaters, right? Um, yeah, and then they had whatever the other one was. I can't. I think it was called Shut In or whatever, which is uh, a little bit, little bit too Jesusy for my taste. But you know, whatever. I, I understand it's a conservative, conservative thing. But Run Hide Fight was uh, a, a movie about a school shooting. Um, and, and, you know, the thing about the Daily Wire is they're trying to produce conservative content, and for the most part, they're trying to not, like, virtue signal that it's conservative content, right? So let the story tell the what you want to be told. Yeah, better to put and, something out that people are going to want to uh, just engage with right. directly as opposed to making pure flicks. So, so like, the in the case of the Gina Carano thing, um, I... I think that that one was a pro-gun message, and it basically explains the importance of guns when you're, like, you know, it's somebody who's a pioneer, so obviously it doesn't necessarily match up here, but in, in having a knowledge for guns and a basic utilitarian for guns, even though she's not particularly proficient at it, she's still able to hold them at bay. In Run, Hide, Fight, it pointed, the, the argument that was being made in that movie was that uh, guns are irrelevant to the school, sh- school shootings, Right. True. Because ultimately, ultimately, 
what you end up running into in this case is the school shooter in this in this film decided to plan it out. He took four people, right, and, and he actually planned it out, and he read the procedures, and he knew how the school was going to react, and he used that to his advantage. And that was the whole point, was that he was trying to plan the best, the, the, the biggest shooting in history. Um, and he had the whole thing planned out. And that was what the movie was, was the, the protagonist attempting to sit there and uh, get around um all of these issues and because the protagonist who is not a professional soldier right it's just a kid um did have formal hunting and training skills taught by the father that's the opening scene she was able to you know occasionally sit there and take advantage of weaknesses in the others who are armed but completely untrained and and so it makes that case beautifully and that's hmm. the issue with the school shootings is that ultimately if you have, it doesn't matter what you do. Well, I'll say something. Let me, let me interrupt you for just a quick second on that specific point because there's a very noteworthy point I can make on it. There, There's this metric that we lack that is incredibly telling. You see, I'd like to tell you how many schools where uh, school shootings have occurred where the teachers are allowed to be armed like how many outcomes there are of this type or the other, but there has never been a school shooting where teachers are allowed to be armed. Well, teachers being armed, the, the point is school shootings are going to happen regardless. It doesn't matter whether the teachers are armed or not. Oh, that's true. Right? That's true. But to date, yeah, it's, it's at any of these well, uh, locations where they are allowed to be, we've seen no school shootings. So, so until we have that consider. metric to uh, to compare against... It's curiously zero. But there's there's a parallel that you guys should consider here. Sure. I don't know if you guys have done it yet, but every time an abortion activist showed up on Twitter recently saying that abortions will happen anyway, I asked them, what's your position on gun control? <laughs> what do you think I get? No answer. I, I've been Suddenly doing the they don't have an opinion. So <laughs> you're going to go to an illegal back alley abortionist or gun dealer? Which one's it going to be? Which one's it going to be? Well, I think uh, I, I've been doing the same thing with the pro-choice people, and it's you know how many of you are in favor of uh, uh -huh. of of fucking vaccine mandates, and it's amazing how few yeah, yeah, responses yeah. I get. My body, my choice, thing, right? Same goddamn thing. That people who just spent two years arguing against bodily autonomy are now screaming, "My body, my choice." <laughs> exactly. It is right? something. It, 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 but again, one... it doesn't matter what your position on vaccines is. The fact that they want to force people to take medicine. Against their will, I just, I just, I just look. You, at some point, at some point, you got to admit that you literally want to be Hitler. You just don't like German. Well, the, the, the <laughs> well, what, what's that well, thing well when the military well uh, is ignoring what uh, the uh, Supreme Court has said? What, what is that? Is that isn't that a thing? Like when the say the, say the Pentagon, for instance, says we're not going to listen to the Supreme Court. That that's a thing, isn't it? Isn't there like a term for that? Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, a uh, it, it's a something. It's like a like a like a Chevy Coupe uh, or something. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Uh, like one uh, of the, it's, it's something weird. They got a term for it though. Like a like a a, a, a Milagro or no no no. It's not one of those. Uh, it's something. Yeah, you can figure mm. it out for yourself. Look, look. You guys, when you see these people out at a gasoline station, you got to step up on them. 
Ah, sad. Well, you know, you listen. <laughs> Maxine Waters had a very, uh, very interesting set of things to say about, you know. We... Well, she never does, but let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of the, uh, so, so that's the bad part of the news, and I do like to close the shows on good news, and we've got some, uh, some good news all around. And it's, it truly is good news for everybody. So Arizona passed a, uh, now, okay, there's going to be, there's some extremists who really are very upset by this, but that's because they're extremists and they're, uh, they're generally idiots and they hate black people and want them to stay in ghettos. Anyway, Arizona just passed a bill that will be, uh, oh shit, we already went over this one. Yeah, no, no, no. We went over the Arizona bill. Uh, the other one is the uh, the Second Amendment one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We went over that one already. We did do that one. We need to go over the um, the SCOTUS thing on uh, kicking down the uh, the laws for oh, shit. We went over that. Damn. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's just we, a we went over that before Craig got here. Late. Right, like, like I mean, he you basically threw me for a loop here, brother. He literally showed up when we were about to rap. Yeah, like, kinda, let's be entirely. I am honest. good at this now. Yeah, man. Yeah, All I, I had to if, do is sleep. <laughs> I don't know if I've got a good closer, man. Damn. Frank ruins everything. <laughs> that is good news. <laughs> well, actually, there is kind of some good news. The uh, the new quote unquote gun control bill went into law, but it's already basically been undermined by the uh, preceding decision regarding uh, the second you know, it's, it's so funny. it'll be interesting to see these, how this plays uh, out. These women that are now going to claim they're going to get these back alley abortions, at least they'll be able to arm themselves appropriately. Indeed. You know, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they're carrying just an or just an unlicensed self-defense implement. It just... It just yeah, an unlicensed self-defense hanger. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Look, look, all they're trying to do is reach the keys behind the seat, man. Jeez, what a what a crazy world we find ourselves in. Was there anything else you guys who wanted the, to go over? Who um, thought to themselves, I can just jam this hanger up my snatch and kill the baby uh, and not I mean, bleed out. I, I think it's actually, it's not really that that's, hard, right? Like, women, women that's, that's, can feel like, their well, cervix. There people that... The number of women that actually like murder themselves doing that, though, you know, for the ones who self-delete, trying to trying to uh, wipe out the life inside. Yeah, just um, go to California for fuck's sake. Just have a vacation, right? I, I, well, that's, that's the thing is, you saw all these companies that came out and said, "We're going to pay for you." Yeah, yeah. That, well, I mean, let's be fair. <laughs> that's a very thoughtful position to take when you're a company, because for one, you're sure. him. Uh, fighting for women's rights, but in all actuality, you're basically just taking your worker and saying, "Hey, worker, hey, we got no time for you to take your your legally yeah, mandated was... family medical leave act time. Why don't you just go get that abortion? We'll pay for that, pay for the flight. You can come back, get back to work. Hey, it's you great. get four thousand. You get up to four thousand dollars for a three day vacation. Are you shitting me? I mean, we should you should be out there hopping on every cock you see." Be happy, worker, and get back to work. That's right. <laughs> well, that, get back to work. It, that was, I think, the, the the funniest of of all of these things is 
watching that whole entire thing because it doesn't it doesn't come off as creepy at all. No, you know. Yeah, Dick's Sporting Goods has a female CEO come out and say, "We'll pay you to go across state lines to to get your kid removed." And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, nobody was going to Dick's already because you guys already sold out with all the other yuppies. <laughs> you just like guaranteed that nobody's, you know, only only the Rainbow Parade are going to go over there to get rafting supplies, you know. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, they uh, and most of them hate them too. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, dicks are dicks, so they've uh, kind of fallen a lot in the uh, in the world of today. Not as uh, not as well liked as once they were. Well, they're they're really expensive. They're stupidly expensive for what they are. Yeah. Although I think they may be carrying uh, Patagonia now, which uh, you know that'd be a good fit for uh, brands. <laughs> very very Patagonia friendly uh, kind of people which I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. recently Patagonia has come out uh, very uh, very strongly against uh, both recent rulings of the uh, Supreme Court and they're not uh, even done We're uh, I hear tell we might be expecting something uh, interesting on Monday <laughs> oh, oh the SCOTUS is See, really I, just, uh, re- I really like these um, entertainment these days Bless, these bless Clarence of, uh, Thomas. Exactly. I just, I'm loving these Clarence Thomas memes. There are some quality <laughs> ones. Hovey Wade got stomped. <laughs> let me put, let me find a good one to put us out here. Oh man, no, I've got a really, really good one. I'll have to share this one with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. I'll just uh, copy that image address. Uh, put her right there in the the staff chat. Hose mad. Yeah, that's a good one. There we go. <laughs> right. Let me see. Do I have that one on desktop? Stopped abortion in two years. <laughs> what is it? I'm not over by my computer. That's a Bill Clinton, Protestant, eight years allowing abortion. George Bush, Protestant, eight years allowing abortion. Barack Hussein Obama, Sunni Muslim, eight years of allowing abortion. Donald J. Trump, Protestant, four years of allowing abortion. Joseph Biden, Catholic, stopped abortion in two years. <laughs> yeah, Joe's uh, he did it, man. You did it, Joe. Well, I I, I already put out the hashtag uh, Roe v. Uh, v. Wade, et cetera, et cetera, and I have that gif that says uh, with uh, Joe Biden that says I did that. He did. He did. He got it done. I mean, this uh, one. There we go. That one right there. Oh yeah, there's a really good one too. <laughs> I did that. that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I retweeted one that was really good. It was uh, Biden. Ah, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, let me uh, let me copy this one over because it's just delicious as well. It's uh, got old Joe Biden uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. lifting a weight. It's uh, he's talking to someone. Says. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Roe v. Wade's about to be overturned. Let me put this up for. Uh, Do not uh, worry, it's a done deal. Yes, same Wade's sex marriage about next. About to be overturned. Don't worry, don't worry done deal. <laughs> same sex marriage next up. Don't worry, they really believe I'm seeing now. Yeah, I'll report back any news. Thank you, Your Holiness. Almost as if he was working for the man. Oh, so I suppose that's that's a pretty good funny line to to finish this out <laughs> on for the night. I just like the fucking weight. 
<laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's the whole thing. The whole thing. Good for a child. It's just it's a beautiful picture of him. Like. <laughs> Good old. Oh Jay. god, this is like this is like this is like Trump over the fucking Taco Bowl, man. Oh <laughs> yeah, that good. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I like the Mexicans. <laughs> uh, we have the best Mexicans. Huge, great Mexicans. Oh yeah, they can leap over tall walls. Uh, they can, even big, beautiful walls. Oh hey, I have got a good one to finish on. I can't remember who it was, but I believe it might have been Kyle Kalinsky who was uh, saying that it's not safe in America because of uh, not the most current uh, Supreme Court okay, decision, please. although probably <laughs> the last one. He said that, uh, you know, perhaps we need to build a wall to keep these people safe from us. And, well, I, I mean, I thoroughly agree. We should build a big, beautiful wall to keep these people safe from America and Americans. We can put a T on it that'll sell it, <laughs> that's saying, uh, you know, this, this place, no. That's what that T stands for. No to this place. A big, beautiful wall with a big golden T saying no. Stay away from here. It's a big, it's a T pose. You know, a, a statement of dominance so that they'll stay away. And I'm okay, sure so I have a, a picture. Uh, I have a picture for you. Oh. Here you go. <laughs> <sighs> oh, hey. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Let me just... Uh... <laughs> uh, copy that image link we'll put that one right up in here for everybody to get a good fun time with Kaylee oh, yeah. you know just so you know what the terms are yeah this is this is these are her terms you're gonna live by them <laughs> you are you're gonna you're gonna need to have a vasectomy if you want to get with uh, all of her and there is, it's always it's always funny watching all of these like women who post this shit that like they don't they <laughs> think they're all that and they just aren't. Yeah, funny that, funny that. Well, we're able to close things out on at least a slightly lighter note than the. Uh, you gotta wonder, like dating sites, who has a better advantage, the left or the right? Well, mm. it depends on how well you represent the uh, well phenotypes. Look at who spends the most time on those websites, because I guarantee you the profiles that that go up and come right back down, those are the ones that are actually doing well. True enough. Well, that's 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 one thing that that like I um, I I I remarked on. I might have actually done it on this show, but like I remember, uh, I think it was. I think it was uh, oh fuck match sat there and posted about how all of these th- there's all these people who get more matches and yeah. uh, have overall more interactions and I'm like that doesn't necessarily mean that that's like a positive political identity. Uh, you could even argue that it's uh, kind of negative. You know there is there was once a time that that was not really a virtue like even for guys it's like yeah okay you've been with a lot of women well. I mean, that's cool, but you're also kind of a slut, too. Oh, look, I mean, if you want to be a slur, that's your choice. You know, your body, your choice. Indeed. Have fun with that. Nobody else needs to be the one who trips and falls into your hole. Yeah, truly. Well, some people are. There are guys out just, there who I would love. A tree. I would love to see statistics. Like I remember watching one of the uh, the Timcast IRL things, and they had. Um, 
some comedian on, and he said that he's like come a long way from being a woke progressive, and that was that was like one of the things that like kind of changed his world was Jordan Peterson, and part of that was that he got sick and tired of these dating sites because he'd go on these dates and women seemed to really only be interested in him for a meal, yeah, not well, you know a lot. Like I, I've been, I've been out of the dating game for a long time, and I. Oh, I it's do always not been feel... a thing. But at the same time, like it used to be harder for women to juggle men like that. Yeah, yeah this isn't like this isn't like all women. This is a small, this is a, a minority, but there, it's a significant minority that has only been emboldened and grown as as a proportion because of these apps. And I had a couple friends that have gone through the same shit, where it's just like all they did was go out for the meal. And they had, you know, well, some of these dating apps, dates lined up. Well, some of these dating apps, they've really empowered the worst of us. Well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, worst impulses, anyway. Like, I, I don't know, personally, and, and again, like, I'm, I'm very much libertarian, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I love that. I've had one right. one-night stand, and I regret it. Um, not because of some sort of deep moral. It was just miserable, and I didn't even get off. Like, there was no, it was a, just a giant waste of my time. <laughs> I wasn't into the girl. And oh yeah, by the way, the uh, the consequence was utter misery the entire time. It fucking sucked. And it, it, like you know, my wife, my wife at the time, I was trying to trying to actually like get on a date with her so I didn't have to go out with this chick who had promised to have sex with like a year before. Um, and she fucking held me to it, man. Let me tell you, don't don't strike contracts that you don't intend to fulfill. Like I I, I put in all these stipulations so that I wouldn't actually have to go through with it. <laughs> fucking women, man. Like they are determined. Um, Fair enough. It, uh, but like, it oh was it was a miserable experience. Like it was truly, truly a miserable experience. Well, I'm gonna wait to share this news with you guys until we get done because I don't want to bog down our good news portion trying to get out of this. Uh, yeah. So that being That's said, right. I yeah actually I think we've covered everything I wanted to get over. There was a bit of uh, well yeah I've filled everybody in on uh, roughly the Ukraine situation. I'm really not going to go into depth on the podcast. It kind of isn't the place. Check out the uh, mm-hmm. check out the Telegram. It'll be the first link below the uh, show when I actually go. Yeah, you're hyper autistic on Telegram. Yeah, they should go there if they want that information. Like if you want the Eastern narrative, it's fully available there. I've tried to, like I said earlier, I've tried to provide a balanced one. But there is no portion of the Western narrative. And there's a couple of psychos in there that actually hate us that I am sourcing news from them, too. So it's, well, it, it's good news. It, it's, a it's good sourcing. Always, uh... It's not necessarily good news. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm looking forward to when the war is over. Same. Um like I'm kind of a shit or get off the pot kind of guy. Well, not only that uh, too. Once well, this is done, we can finally get back to talking about where these real, where these problems really resolve, well, reside. Putin was threatening the UK with nukes recently, so anytime it gets any, you know, if it gets done sooner rather than later before nukes fall, that'd be kind of good. I, I don't think nukes are going to fall. Like Me honestly, either, at the same time, if, if nukes were going to happen in this whole entire thing, they would have already happened. Mm, yeah, I probably, so. but maybe not. Because, well, they they probably won't now. I mean, now that we've got uh, the first reporting out of Fox News that uh, Ukraine is not going to win, 
they're starting to run that narrative. <laughs> they're starting it with Fox News, which of course they were. I mean, who else are you going to start that narrative with? You're going to go to Fox so that that way you can be like, well, there are a bunch of Russian bots and Russian trolls and they love Vladimir Putin. And then they can just kind of safely float that out through other places and then never apologize for talking about how everybody was Russian puppets and loves Vladimir Putin, even though they're just talking shit. Even though they're over in Moscow giving fucking talks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap before we get into another fucking crazy tangent. So, you can find me at that fake guy, Dan, basically everywhere. Do check out the Telegram. It'll be linked below. It is linked in the chat to the right. And, well, thanks for tuning in. It's great having you here, and it's lovely to be able to share this with uh, the couple of you that showed up live. Please, be interactive. It'd be nice to actually talk to you. We had uh, Max last week, and that was dope. So, we did. Hey. Thanks what did Max here. have to say? Uh, I can scroll back because Hello. Odyssey <laughs> is pretty cool. Uh, basically just, you know, chatting with us about things and enjoying the show, which is cool. It's nice to have folks nice. here. Nice. I, I, you know, I really don't expect anybody because it's, you know, 11 o'clock. Or, well, I guess it's like 2. <laughs> yeah. 2 in the morning right now. Yeah. And, and you know this is this is this is my my shit posting for the week because I don't have time to fucking be like a normal internet denizen and function during you know not sleeping hours. Holy shit! Radio, and of course you can find Steve here at Ratman Seven Twenty. Uh, might be available, probably slightly less so now that he's back at work proper. I'm always back at work proper. Never left work. Well, there was that little bit when you had the coof. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the coof. But, you know, that's kind of come and gone. And, of course, you can find Craig at CraigBob99, most places. And above mm-hmm. and beyond that, hit up any one of us if you'd like to get on the Discord so that we can actually uh, chat with you. Do subscribe to the Odyssey because oh, I'm yeah. always going to be live streaming it here because uh, we kind of fly a little close to the sun. There's a chance it could go on YouTube, but I mean, the shit we talk about and the kind of stuff we say, I mean, the wrong person see that we're going down. And I'd kind of like... I don't like I wonder, you know, again, we, we have uh, we have FINRA and we have, uh, what is it, the the Supreme Court rulings. I'm, I'm really sensing a tide turning in terms of, like, this overall, an overall zeitgeist. Oh sure, right. sure. But uh, you have to remember that these are occupied institutions. Sure, so, but you know, but they can only there will come a time they, they when... only work as long as they don't go too far. Right, they're only useful to those who uh, who use them as long as they don't go too far. Well, yeah. The thing about it is, though, now that there's viable competition, they might just uh, go ahead and say, "Hey, we're just going to go ahead and do this." I mean, it seems to look like Google is willing to let YouTube die to uh, uh, keep pushing before their we. Before we tangent here, right? Just just helping out a brother here, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into anything, we've run this thing for like three and a half hours. It's uh, plenty long enough, and there's we've oh, covered. Yes. We've actually covered all the topics we wanted to get to. For once, hallelujah! So, again, you can find me at that fake guy Dan. You can find Steve. At Ratman720, and you can find Craig at CraigBob99. Do hit us up for Discord links. We'd love to have you in here. There's plenty to discuss. Check out the Telegram if you want the latest in uh, European 
Eastern European updates, and also the geopolitical uh, implications of a lot of this, too, because I am covering uh, stuff like what this is causing with relation to India relations and all that. So anyway, follow that on the Telegram. That's another thing entirely. We uh, will definitely be back next week. There could be something in between here and there. Who knows? Um, I'll probably stream something uh, in between now and then. Gaming, music, whatever. There will at least be the weekly show. So, check back uh, frequently. There's always going to be new stuff and new content. 